1: Welcome to the Ted Lasso podcast, where the Lorehounds, your guides to how to keep calm and get fired up. I'm John,
2: and I'm David, and this is our coverage for the series finale of the Apple TV original series Ted Lasso.
1: In this podcast, we'll be sharing our favorite moments before running down a scene by scene breakdown of episode twelve. So long, farewell. Before we get into this episode proper, we have a few housekeeping details we want to touch on. First, if you've been watching the breakout hit Silo on Apple TV. Be sure to check out the Wool Shift Dust podcast with our uh, network contributor, network affiliate now, uh, Alicia, who uh, you may have heard on some of our other podcasts, including MC Universe, uh, The Mandalorian. Uh, She, you know, she went from writing in to being a guest to now a network affiliate. We're so excited to have her. And uh, I love that show. I think it's going really well. It just keeps getting better. And uh, I think we're going to be talking with her soon. So stay tuned on her feed for that. Uh, And definitely check out that podcast. Stick around to the end of the podcast for more updates on our programming schedule for June.
2: Hey, John, did you realize that we're about to turn one years old? We sure are. (laughs) Uh, And it's kind of exciting for us. And one of the things that we set out to do is to see if we could break the hundred subscriber Patreon barrier. Um, And we'd love it if uh, you've been thinking about subscribing and supporting what we do. Um, head over to patreon.com slash the lorehounds. We're putting together a special thank you gift that we're going to mail out to everyone who's a subscriber at the end of July. Um, and you get all kinds of great benefits. We were looking at our Patreon tiers the other day and we give a lot.
1: <laughs> we try.
2: Uh, we try. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to have some more information about this all at the end of the podcast. But if you're at all interested, um, check us out, patreon.com slash the
1: Of course, if ads don't bother you and Patreon isn't your thing, but you still want to give us a boost, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Ratings help other people find the podcast and reviews let people know what they can expect. Plus, we read every review to get our warm fuzzies.
2: If you've got feedback, you can get in touch with us by sending an email to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website. We've got a contact form there. There's a voicemail feature, which we use for other shows. So if you ever need to get us, uh, drop us a note or head over to our website.
1: Or if Discord is your thing, then head over to our server link in the show notes. We have a fun and active community. We've got channels to talk about the uh, different shows that we're covering and even more.
2: So, John, um, this is our final coverage for season three, as, as far as we know. Um, and we should um, just say, a note of thanks to all of the listeners who've been patiently waiting for us to get this podcast out. Yep. Um, we've just had life schedule stuff, and and I think I know it's this is the case for me, and I think it's the case for you. We didn't want to do a rushed short form podcast right. on this right. final episode of the season and and the series finale. We really wanted to take our time with it, enjoy it, not feel pressured like we're trying to get the podcast out. So Thanks everyone for your patience while we got our life schedules synced up to actually have a free moment uh, where we could just, you know, ease into this. So we're going to do the full Monty. We're going to do a full scene by scene like we used to do on some of the bigger shows. Um, And this is the, I think, the longest episode of the season and the series as far as I can tell. Probably.
1: Yeah. Super Um, long.
2: John, did you have some hot takes? What did you think about this as a series capper?
1: I cried, yeah, a couple times.
2: Sure, you weren't in tears the entire time. You like stopped. And I, I
1: would not say the entire time. There were laughs. You know, there were okay. positive moments. It was, okay. uh, but where the show clearly wanted me to cry, I did.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: In fact, I watched it because you know we like to watch this a couple times when we when we cover something, especially something as dense I think as this I episode. Did
2: it three times, three and a half times, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you got to watch it a lot this this episode, and I probably will watch it again just of my own free will. And I watched it before my wife just because I needed to I needed to get this started. And she was asking me what happened. And just just recapping it a little bit to her, I started tearing up because <laughs> it was just so it was such a beautiful episode. I mean, you look, not everything was tied up neatly. Right. Not everything was executed perfectly, but as a raw emotional experience, this episode did exactly what it needed to do it was perfect right you know right. it was yes. uh, another one of those perfect things
2: <laughs> like the other side of the pillow
1: <laughs> and they're like oh that's perfect yeah oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean it, this was a, a really beautiful show i'm so grateful to have covered I'm, I'm so grateful to have watched it and uh been following along i i discovered this about you know halfway between season one and two and so I was able to follow along with season two and season three. And I, I just love the show. It had just enough speculation while still being mostly just a feel good show that you could relax and watch and have an after school special for adults and <laughs> just kind of go home feeling a little, a little, uh, a little mushy, a little, right. a little fuzzy and uh, a, a little uplifted most of the time. Some episodes left you a little dark, but uh yeah, I mean, I'm, I just love this show. I'm going to definitely rewatch it at some point. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to get a spin-off is my next question.
2: Right, right.
1: Yeah. What are your hot takes?
2: Well, um, yeah, I think I cried on cue uh, at all the appropriate moments. <laughs> um, it's funny, this last week I was down in uh, New York City uh, doing some work, and I noticed... As I was moving about the city and I would have interactions with people, you know, somebody at a coffee shop, or when I was, you know, uh, doing, you know, just, just traveling around, just interacting with people, I was like making this, I, I don't even know if it was conscious, but this, this concerted effort or this some sort of effort to connect with people and have like a human moment with, mm. you know, strangers who were, you know, uh, offering, you know, there was some transaction or service or something like that at the bodega or, you know, what have you, or, and then the people I was doing work with, I, was, I tried to be very positive and listening. And I was like, wait a minute, Ted Lasso is <laughs> shaping my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. like a- alive in my life. And, and just that, uh, being kind to people, Sharing a word or a thought with them, I was getting a muffin for my train ride back, and uh, I sort of, you know, smiled at the at the barista counterperson. I said, "Thanks for giving me my little, you know, feel good treat of the the morning." And we shared a little like smile and a joke, and you know, it was just nice. Yeah, and I think that that's what this show is for me is is that every week while the season was on, there was these writers and these actors and these production people who were just giving me some kindness in my life and um, giving me some things to think about and giving me some characters to care about and uh, giving me some entertainment and some fun. So I'm really going to miss the show. I'm, uh, I'm very glad that they've ended it on, most, I guess, their terms. Uh, yeah. We haven't heard anything yeah. to, to the contrary.
1: Oh, I um, think Apple would have continued oh, the series <laughs> for a money. decade yeah. if they could have.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought it was a, a, yeah, the the this a season especially. There was some sloppy storytelling. I've gone back and started watching season one because I wanted to go yep. look at episode one to see any sort of Easter eggs or callbacks. There are a ton. This this season yeah. episode twelve is just everywhere. There are callbacks. It's all fan
1: service, which is it's great. great. That's totally, that's totally. what we need.
2: Um and. I was surprised at how good season one was. Yeah, it is a much better show in many ways. The storytelling uh, and plotting is much tighter. I think you know when they got greenlit for the show and they went for it, they treated it like a, a show. They they've, they've got something to prove. They got to get a, They got a point of view. And then maybe season two and season three, you know, it was a lot more hype than they were expecting and a lot of money, probably. I mean, I, I think yeah. season two, Apple ordered two extra episodes. And so I know. Then that was, then the that was a mistake, I think. Thing. I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although I did enjoy the Christmas episode they added. Right. I did not yeah. enjoy Beard After Dark or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Although I know some people swear by that episode.
2: So you know that's all well and good, and I think that's what some of this show is—is is that it has that feel-good message uh, that we've all enjoyed. And then I don't think they were expecting to go three seasons, so they hmm. they dealt with it, and then they landed the plane, and the you know they didn't crash the plane. They land. It was very easy to crash this plane, and I think they uh, they brought it down nicely, and I'm very satisfied. Um, hmm. Yeah, there was there was some slop this season, and some weird side storylines and such but it it's fine. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. yeah. It I, it made me feel fuzzy and warm inside and and I kind of need that uh, these days cuz the world's a little bit of a dark place.
1: A little scary out there. Yeah. I will say I think that this was always a trilogy-ish story.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that this was always always best told as a trilogy. I think that they did the so, the sort of Star Wars original trilogy treatment where they had a new hope you know ted lasso right. comes in you have the empire strikes back you have, Well,
2: uh, you gotta go to tolkien right
1: yeah well i know but uh <laughs> but but star wars has just a clean delineation of what it is sure with the sure. titles uh and then you know return of the jedi they they succeed in the end they defeat the evil empire and uh yeah i, I think it felt good as a trilogy i think overall it was good i think the yeah, a beginning, middle, say, and end.
2: Right? Yeah, it yeah, was it was a it was a distinct story.
1: Yeah, I think the worst thing I can say, and I, and Alan Sepinwall called this out early, and I was not he's been he's been a little cranky lately, and I was not mm-hmm. keen to take this criticism early. But okay. now that we're at the end, I agree with him that they really bloated the side plot lines. They did yes, not need agreed. to add a lot of these side storylines. You know, having a few scenes with Keely at the PR firm, great. I didn't need a whole side romance plot. That didn't really add anything for me. Right. Um, And you could have even had, if you wanted to do the commentary on like the leaking celebrity, uh, intimate photos that you could have still done that without Jack ever being on screen. Right. I, I don't, I just don't know what that added except maybe Rebecca examining from the outside love bombing and sort of the, the courtship of, of Rupert and other rich people. Hmm. Um. And then the shandy thing. I mean, what what was that for? That was just for a joke at the end. Yeah. They yeah. just had a joke at the end. That was it. I th- yeah. I think those were really the most bloated storylines I saw, and that and was a we lot got, of time we spent on it.
2: And we got a lot less time with Nate and a lot less time with Rupert and right there and all of that sort of mix, which was a really important part of the story, I think. And I mm-hmm. I I kind of agree that shandy and jack uh ate up more screen time they could have they still could have had those storylines right we could have just reduced them slightly and given a little bit more time to nate and rupert
1: because i wanted to see that i need to see keely eat
2: (laughs) i needed to see uh nate and rupert maybe with a little bit more friction so that when nate did quit it wasn't such a cold shock it was oh it's been building you know two or three episodes There's little things, little cuts that, you know, Rupert, little snide remarks, or maybe he loses a game and, you know, he's a little bit on thin ice so that, you know, we build up and then finally Nate's just like, ah, eff it, I'm out. Um, This is way too much. I'm not prepared for this. This is too fast a meteoric rise. I burned friends. I burned relationships, whatever, you know, and he needed to have a dark moment of the soul maybe to, before he quit. And we didn't get any of that. And it's not like it had to be that huge. It was just... Maybe 10 minutes of screen time, which they gave more than ample to to Jack and Shandy.
1: Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I think that that could have been much more developed. I think also there was this whole thing where at the end of season two, we were saying, you know, Nate is a great strategist. He's not a great motivator he's not a great people person he's mm-hmm. not great at that like you know well, Roy teamwork. Kent is <laughs> all. well, I think he gets better by the end, right? Yeah. I think he learns a lot from Ted. you know they hinted that throughout the season. That is one thing I think they executed very well is his lead mm-hmm. up to being manager. but with Nate, I would have liked to see some consequences for his very imperial uh, <laughs> treatment of his they team. They
2: built that up really. Uh, yeah, they, they teased. They Nothing hinted at it strongly. strongly. Nothing. They Nothing.
1: didn't. They didn't ever have a game where they were like, "And they're just fighting because they they just seem sad or unmotivated." You know, it's what is Ted Lasso doing for Richmond if you can get the same results with, you know, this this harsh, you know, military school type. <laughs> right coaching you know mm-hmm. i just i think that they should have really addressed that more yeah but whatever i mean that that i can let go i would have definitely liked some uh, emperors throne room scenes with uh nate and It was a huge
2: set that they built for Rupert's office with the big round window yeah. and we had it yeah. like twice and, and both times it was very brief
1: why did we not see him quit
2: yeah yeah that's a really interesting
1: that was understand. another step and wall criticism was everything's happening off screen. That's important. Right. And I don't, I don't agree with that overall. Like I think that most of the time we saw it needed to be done. I think, I think one of his complaints was not seeing Keely, you know, reject Roy and Jamie in this. I was like, no, that was great. No, that was timing. perfect. I really like that.
2: That was perfect comedy. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, but I do agree that Nate, Nate quitting needed to be on camera. I would have also liked more locker room reaction scenes like learning that Ted is leaving um, right you know that would mm. have been a great scene any any kind of I didn't need to see Ted tell Rebecca he was leaving mm-hmm. but I did need to see some aftermath other than weeks later
2: right right I think well this is what I was saying if if we had seen a drip 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 of Nate increasingly um, dissatisfied with working with Rupert, mm-hmm. Rupert Turning the screws even tighter, you know, and destabilizing Nate in some way so that he loses a match or it's not going great. So that then they do a cold cut and then we suddenly see him waking up and, you know, we see the headlines and the paparazzi and all that. And we didn't see the actual quitting on scene on screen, Mm -hmm. but at least we had a, oh, there was this incident and that incident and the other incident that Nate just had a moment where his fuse popped and he was out and right. that would have been fine off screen as long as we had the evidence for it
1: the right. breadcrumbs
2: leading up to it and we didn't
1: and nate quit because he got a girlfriend and he was asked to cheat on her
2: right it, yeah that it's, mm, it just didn't vibe. it, it yeah. didn't
1: hit no uh that's okay i'm i still you know at the same time like i've complained about this nate storyline the entire season i still got <laughs> choked up when he's apologizing to ted yes yes where the show is pulling on my heartstrings it is succeeding yeah so i don't want to complain anymore i had a great time <laughs>
2: criticism it's not complaint it's, right it's right it's critique. yeah no it's I, critique I i, I think positive. that these
1: are reasoned critiques it's, yeah uh you know it it could have been a little tighter. I think that they got well, carte blanche that, to do what they wanted because of the success of the first two seasons. And they, I think they, they, I think they a felt far. a
2: little, yeah, a little rushed and a little like they, they were, rather than being on simmer, they were on full boil and mm-hmm. they were just sort of all over yeah. the place. Go back to season one, and I would encourage everyone to go back and, and do a season one rewatch. The storytelling is so much tighter. The yeah. jokes are punchier. The plot is very clear. And things connect up really, really nicely.
1: Yeah. So well, when I, you always have thirty minutes too, when you're uh, doing that's a, a the other regular thing. size yeah. show, yeah. you don't have the opportunity to keep everything. Can't that be you wasted.
2: wasted. Mm-mm. I mean, look at what Barry did. Barry was always around thirty minute marks, and he I know. packed so much
1: into that show. You and got an extra here, five minutes for the finale. You want more? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Is um, and it, I think the same thing happened with the Matrix movies, the sequels right they they were just throwing mad cash at them, yeah. make more, make more, yeah. and they just got bloated and big and overly yeah. um budget, whereas the first one they made on a shoestring on a on a prayer and a hope um so Ted lasso, the first one, having maybe a budget and time constraint right, creates the the conditions for that creativity to emerge and for them to be really tight, whereas maybe the apple was like give us more here's more money take an hour do your thing and right. they they didn't have any guardrails and so it just sort of sprawled horizontally as opposed to staying really tight and uh, focused yeah.
1: now at the same time i don't want to say that you know shows always need uniform run times look at the last of us yeah, exactly. that show yeah. did an, an amazing job of knowing when to go long knowing when to go short right. really just using the story that they had and not stretching it or compressing it right so it it can be done well i think that ted lasso just didn't execute it well
2: with uh with streaming on television without trying to fill the hour half hour slot so that the tv guide Uh do you did you ever have you ever seen an actual old tv guide yes Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, they were around. He, right, I, cool. I, I was sort of at the. Crossroads. I wasn't trying to be a jerk when you're asking. I no, no, necessarily. Like, right. I was sure. Yeah. I was at the crossroads. I remember rotary phones. I remember dial-up. There you go. There's. My uh, one. I don't remember the eight tracks.
2: Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I was at the tail end of eight tracks as well. Um. But yeah, you know, they had to, you know, shows had to line up to these grids, and you had to fit commercials into that time and everything with streaming. Tell the story you need to to tell and and take as much time as you need to tell it because it's not appointment television. It's you know
1: it's
2: at will. So I think
1: it was Stranger Things that really broke the mold. Stranger Things season four. Mm. They did these like movie length episodes and then regular length episodes. That was the first streaming show that I think really pushed the limit of standard Mm. episode length. Okay. And it's only since then that I think we've seen this explosion of, oh, it can be whatever length Mm. you want.
2: Yeah, because certainly Mad Men and Breaking Bad were very, Battlestar Galactica, Loss. I'm just trying to think of all these early shows that you could get on streaming that were in that prestige class.
1: Yeah, and but still they those all did, were network TV shows. They were still networked were on, and, yeah, yeah,
2: huge long yeah. seasons and, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Remember, long, yeah, remember 24-episode seasons?
2: <laughs> I sure do.
1: Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> and then they would... Pack it in with a clip, uh, clip episode, a clip show episode, or yeah, do all kinds of wacks, a bottle episode. I don't miss it. No, not at all. Well. Um, Do you have a favorite moment from this episode? um,
1: My favorite moment would be Ted reuniting with his son and then coaching him. Oh,
2: John.
1: No, you know what? I I got really emotional. I have a son, I have a young son, and I just got really choked up there. That was the moment I was like. I, and, and with father and son playing, oh my God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? Stevens. It was
2: perfect, perfect music.
1: I know. As soon as that played, I was like, oh God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <gonna happen." laughs> it's going to happen. Here it comes. But the second part of that is him coaching his son right. while well, his son wears the number nine jersey, which is Jamie's nice. jersey. Yeah. That was a really nice moment, too. Very cool. What about you? Yep.
2: Mine was Keely and Rebecca getting excited about a Richmond women's team. Okay. Um, beautiful, the spin-off. beautiful scene. Yeah. T- total <laughs> potential for a spin-off. I would totally watch it. It would have to be a different show in as yeah. much as Ted. I don't want to see Ted come back to do that. It's got to be told in a different way. Yeah. But but still focusing in on trials and tribulations and having heart, you know, and having all of this stuff. Um, but I would love that. I mean, just the look that Keely and uh and Rebecca shared it was it was beautiful it really right. my heart sang when when
0: they And screamed, then um, ah!
1: And then Rebecca can bring back George to coach it right <laughs> Liam and Noel <laughs> Liam and Noel Liam and Noel Uh yeah no and I, I think uh we've been discussing on the discord there's a lot of potential for our sort of characters we've seen along the way being involved mm-hmm. in that and that would be nice right. to to bring back a few and you know what it would be nice to see like okay Sam Obasan is visiting England and he's you know he comes in and he, he does a session with the with the women's team, and they just right. sort of uh, you know work on technical. Oh, right, yeah, you could you yeah. could
2: totally weave in some cameos and yeah. uh, stuff like that. yeah, yeah, that would be good. that would be fun. yeah. Um, I've got a few details I wanted to hit, sort of little bits and pieces, and then maybe we can take a break to get it and then get into the scene by scene. That sounds good. So there's three things I wanted to to um, touch on really quick. The motto of uh, Richmond of AFC Richmond. Gradarius firmus victoria. And we see it in the locker room and in a bunch of other places. The it's a it's a nonsensical phrase that roughly means taking little steps towards a victory. Huh. Um and uh it's we see it a little bit in, in season one, but we really start to see it, I think, more in in two and and certainly in three. I'm not sure when they started to make it a little bit more prominent but it's really prominent in later episodes
1: Nice, i thought that was a a nice little fun little thing yeah yeah
2: i've got my um afc richmond poster on the wall back up behind me uh yeah i I feel like afc richmond is my new um uh symbol of of i don't want to say progressive values because i don't want it to be political but i want to say like kind you know Kindness and humanity yeah. and understanding and connecting with people, which sort of segues into the next uh, thing: be curious, not judgmental, is not a Walt Whitman quote, um, and that's a, a big one. A lot of people think, and they even said in the show, you know, yeah, it was a did. Walt Whitman quote, but according to Snopes and and everything else I could find, um, it is not an actual Whitman quote. So, and well, and I don't know. Maybe Snopes we can put a, says
1: it's a lie. We stop right. there.
2: Right. Cause, because the AI told me it was a lie. <laughs> that's that's fun,
1: though. I didn't know that at all, that it's not yeah. a, a Walt Whitman quote.
2: Yeah. It sounds like a Walt Whitman quote, though, right?
1: <laughs> it does.
2: I was, uh, In fact, I was using it in life the other day. Um, our, our daughter had some stuff going on at school or whatever, and and rather than being judgmental about the situation, I was curious, and I asked her questions, and I wanted her ah. to share with me. and. It works. It's it's actually a really cool thing. You
1: know what my dad Uh, used to do? My dad used to memorize quotes, but he wouldn't remember who did them. So he would just say, (laughs) Benjamin Franklin said, and then he would say the quote every single time. It didn't matter who said it. So I know a lot of Benjamin Franklin quotes that are not Benjamin Franklin quotes, and I always have to check them.
2: (laughs) Very good. Check your facts. So the last thing I was really uh, interested in uh, was uh, above Ted's desk on the wall, there is uh, a poster, a framed uh, poster thing that you can see uh, in a lot of times. Uh And it's a pyramid shape. And it's one of these motto things, right? It's some sort of like leadership diagram, you know, whatever. And uh, I did some work on it and it's called the pyramid of success. It's an actual real life thing. Uh, I posted an image of it on our Discord, and if people want to ping me, I can repost it if they they can't find it. And it is by a gentleman uh, by the name of John R. Wooden, and he was the head basketball coach at UCLA for the Bruins, and he won unprecedented ten championships and ten NCAA championships in twelve years, and. Wow. In several of those years, they had undefeated seasons. Wow! Yeah, really extraordinary. Um, he was quite a guy. He he really did walk his talk. Apparently, he was a, a devout Christian, but he was not a, a person who used it for political means or used it to ex, you know used any you know sure. any religion can sure. be used to 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 excuse morality as we saw on Barry. Um, it, but you know, he really was you know, uh, an embodiment of his beliefs and values. And so he created the pyramid of success. And one of the cool things is if you look at the pyramid and you see some of the different, uh, 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 cubes or steps or, I don't, steps yeah, or whatever lots. it is, industriousness, alertness, skill, poise, competitive greatness. We see these played out in various episodes of the show. I don't right. know that there's a, I don't know if there's a one to one correlation but certainly loyalty, cooperation, enthusiasm. These are all themes that show up in the different, uh, storylines. And in fact, somebody on the discord, Oh, and, uh, I think it was maybe over on the bald move discord. Um, uh, might've been lay zoomer. had uh, said, um, that the final episode of season 12 is actually called inverting the pyramid of success. So they actually play with, uh, the title of, of That's you-
1: the f- Of season two. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think
2: you said up season 12. Oh, did I? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shut your butts and sit your mouths down. Uh, yeah, That's one exactly. of those situations. Strike that um, reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was season two episode whatever. The final episode of season two. I haven't done a yeah. season two re- rewatch yet. So, very cool. It's a real thing. You can buy a book. There's whole courses on the internet for, you know, be doing the John R. Wooden leadership program and da 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 but what I thought was interesting about this was that, you know we had Ted's "The Lasso way, right, which we now becomes the Richmond, right, way. right. Um, that it was conditioning, versatility, awareness and belief. And three of those were Ted's. He's told the team, "Hey, these are, these are the things that are going to help you guys as your coach, these are the values and the things that I see in you." That if you double down on these, you're going to become a better team with the right Mm -hmm. strategy, right? Total football, right? But the fourth one, the team had to discover it for themselves.
1: Yeah, they created it with they
2: created it from nothing because Ted didn't know; he didn't tell them anything. They generate that themselves, and there's this idea of a truth that you discover for yourself is always more powerful than a truth that somebody tells you. So when you experience, you know, learning to balance on your bike, you have that forever, right? Right. You you when you have these sort of little transformational moments, and you it's uh, in discovery, it really is real for you. And so I think that you know having Richmond discover for themselves belief as their number four, and Ted's just there to witness it and call it out and say, yeah, you guys did that. Was a really, I don't know. Th- for all the sloppiness in the plot, when we come back to this kind of stuff, these truths about kindness and therapy and human relations, that's really where the show fires on all cylinders and um, delivers a kind of quality that we don't see in a lot of other shows. So, and I thought it was just cool that, that this pyramid of success thing is a, is a real, real thing. And, you know, you can go out and, you know, Google it on the internet. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. We love a good pyramid. Just we not do. a uh, a scheme. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, I've, David.
2: I've got some uh, supplement. Uh, you know, I'm getting into supplements, John. Um, oh,
1: good. Yeah, good.
2: we can we can talk about it. You know, and you know, Have maybe you can make some money.
1: You haven't you haven't watched Zoe Sunny? I know. Yeah. No. <laughs> boy, is there a funny pyramid scheme episode that <laughs> I would recommend even as a standalone thing? Yeah. And uh, I yeah. will always think about that. So if you know about the berries, everyone then uh, I hope you had a good <laughs> chuckle at this.
2: Well, maybe, maybe some of our patrons or, I don't know, folks on the Discord could throw an episode or two of uh, Always Sunny at me that I can watch and I can maybe, yeah. you know, watch an episode or two here or there as a background stuff.
1: New so. season in a couple of days. That's
2: crazy. How many yeah. years has that show been going on?
1: Oh, I think it started in 2004, maybe. Lordy Jim. It's, uh, I think it's on season like 16 or 17. Goodness. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a lot, and but the last season was really good, so now I'm really excited for more. Anyway, that's the opposite of the show because that's a show about bad people doing bad things <laughs> with a lack of morality. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, I think it's time we take a break because we are yeah. a half hour in and we haven't started our recap. So it
2: was well, it's such a good episode. We couldn't not.
1: It's good. I so know. It,
2: we got to really give Ted Lasso a proper send off. So he
1: deserves it. Yeah, he deserves it. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. David, it's time to get into the episode. Yes. Would you like to start this recap since you started the outline?
2: Sure, I guess. It's been a while since we've done a, like a, a, a deep scene by scene. I forgot how much work <laughs> these were. I know. I know. Uh, but it was good because re-watching and paying attention to details, there's so much going on um, underneath the surface of the show. So, uh, Season 3, Episode 12, So Long, Farewell, which uh, we'll get to the title in a moment. It was an hour and 15 minutes long, and it was. I did go back and check. It's the longest of the series. We open with a cold open with two sports commentators, one of whom is Thierry Henry, setting up the stakes for the final games of the season, season with Richmond in the number two spot behind Man City. We also learned that Rupert is in trouble for his philandering. The scene crosses to Rebecca, who's having breakfast and watching the telly in her kitchen, when Ted walks in, making us believe that they might have slept together. And then Beard in his budgie smugglers, followed by Jane. And of course, we uh, learn that they all slept over because of a gas leak neighborhood. John, did you uh, did you fall for the ruse?
1: Not even for a second. Not even <laughs> very good. Not very even good. for a second. You get some I-
2: internet points for that.
1: Look, this was always a power a a platonic power couple right this was a jack donaghy and liz lemon i don't know if you were a 30 rock person david but
2: yeah i enjoyed 30 rock a lot
1: you know this is jack donaghy and liz lemon this is ron swanson and leslie nope this is this is the platonic power couple it never was supposed to be anything else yep it was never it, it never felt like anything else to me i don't know why there seems to be this contingency on the internet that is obsessed with getting Ted and Rebecca together.
2: Well, and just shipping anybody. It seems like any show where there's a man and a woman together, they just want to have it happen. Can we just let them be friends? Yeah, exactly. Can we just
1: let them be like besties? Professionals. And and they were, yeah. Yeah. And they were. And uh, I did see too too much beard butt, but that is, (laughs) uh, that's okay. Too much Willis butt, I should say. Yes. Now we know his real name, and we've known it apparently for two seasons.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was out there.
1: It was out there, but yeah, um, I thought that this was a fun thing. The, uh, the housekeeper shocked and I will start with the guest rooms knowing, <laughs> just knowing what happened. Right. Like has beard been here before. Why does she know that he's a problem?
2: Uh, well, I think one look at his thong and, uh, oh, you know, fair enough. Cause fair they, enough. they made that very apparent in the, uh, in the shot. Those ropes are not garbage.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I enjoyed this. Um. I, I really like that they sort of trolled the people who were yes. who yeah. were shipping them so hard. Uh, it, was, it was absolutely perfect.
2: I, I went along with it. I was, like, I was like, oh, no, wait, did it? And, and the way that they set it up, do you, are you ready? To, do, you, do you want to talk about it? No, i don't want to talk about it. And then Beard, uh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, how are they going to get out of this? And then they just did the, oh, it was a, it was a gas leak. And you're just like, oh, okay. Wink and a nod. Very funny, guys. <laughs> you guys had fun with this. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard the term budgie smugglers before?
1: I have never in my life.
2: If uh, all of our friends down under will uh, certainly know what it is, that is uh, for a thong or a banana hammock or a, uh, oh, there's another Australian phrase. I forget what it is. Um, but. If, they're very, these kinds of Speedos are very popular uh, in Australia for, for men to wear. And um, I don't know who came up with the phrase budgie smuggler, but there's a little parrot that that's what it looks like is that there's a little parrot being smuggled in your uh, underwear there. So very funny.
1: Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. Well, um, I'm a little winking and a nod to our Antipodeans. Yeah. It doesn't look very supportive. You know?
2: No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I suppose so. I don't know. You got to have something to show, though. So anyway, sure. let's move on. Sure. Uh, we cut to the last time we see the opening um, with the uh, music. And the, you, uh, did you ever notice that when the seats change color, mm-hmm. that they also get cleaned up? So if they have graffiti or nicks or scratches on them, they actually sort of become new.
1: I have not noticed that. Yeah. Because yeah. I usually skip the intro.
2: No, you do. I, li- I almost listen to it every single
1: time. Okay. I've always thought that intro song was boring.
2: Really? Well, I I know you're you're a
1: stan of it, but I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It could be that I, I used to have a Mumfordy band and now I'm like a little sick of the Mumford vibe. Sure. Yeah. But I don't know. This is,
0: yeah,
1: it just felt very like, all right, he made a generic bridge of one of his songs and he put that under Ted Lasso.
2: (laughs) I'm a stan for it because it's, um, when I hear the, that, tune. I know what's coming. So okay. it's, it's just a mood setter. It's, I, I don't think I'd ever go out and buy the, the album like gotcha. that. But anyway, I was a little sad, you know, oh, this is their last, you know, our last one for this. So we cut to the Richmond locker room where we see the court bailiff will the Kitman, calling to the session to order. Judge McAdoo enters and assumes his chair and then has Sam, the court treasurer, read out the unresolved fines for the season Judge McAdoo orders Will to bring forth the receptacle, and Will calls the assistant kitman—
1: Assistant to the kitman.
2: Oh, oh, sorry, assistant to the kitman, Nate, and Nate brings up a pink box to collect the fines. Nate is then fined £5,000 for missing the season, which results in the team party having an open bar and a live band karaoke.
1: Do you think that he actually paid that? Because I, th- I do. I think he actually paid it. I think yeah, he thought that was fair.
2: So. Yeah, he was. He was like, oh, that's fair. I mean, he sh- should have had a nice salary from West Ham. So
1: I think someone in our Discord said that they're making millions if they're yeah. a manager of a Premier League team. Yeah. So, yeah, fine. Nate, pay the 5K. No problem. You're fine.
2: Did you see the box that um, Nate was using? No. The little pink box with the tongue sticking out?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right,
2: that's from the uh, season one when they collected donations for Sam's birthday. Okay. And notice in this scene, in the original scene, and it might be episode two, um, Jamie puts in some spear, he goes, it's spearmint. He puts some gum (laughs) into the mouth of the thing and then he gets called out for it and then he actually puts in some money. But in this time, he puts in the money and then he pulls out some more money and puts it more in there and gives Nate a little wink. So well, that's, it's a real, yeah. you know, uh, change for Jamie to be generous of spirit in that way.
1: And Jamie's be- had one of the better arcs of this whole show. Totally. So, yeah. Uh, did you pick up on the office reference? No. Assistant to the kit man is actually an office reference and it's in reverse. Oh, okay. Dwight, who is assistant to the manager. Mm-hmm. always introduces himself as assistant manager and other people say assistant to the manager So okay. like cut him down. Nice. Okay. But Nate cuts himself down. Right. So that was a nice little, a nice little Flip nod around. to that. Yeah. Uh, they've made a couple office, office references this season. And I think okay, that yeah. the writers must be fans because it's yeah, just, must. Uh, yeah.
2: This is a very aware writer's room for sure. Yeah. You know, they're very steeped in the, in the raw, rom- especially the rom-com world and yeah. The, all right. of these kinds of things. Right. So uh, as Keely arrives at the stadium, she's surprised by Roy, who tries to initiate with her, but she blows him off.
1: Yeah. um, Did you want them to get back together? You know, there
2: was a time when I did, um, but it seemed to not be going anywhere. And I kind of, it would have been too easy, I think, for them to get back together like, oh, you know, it would have been too too neat of a thing. It would have been um, right. Richmond winning the game and then having uh, Manchester lose and, oh, at the very end, oh, they won, they won, they won. You know, it would have, it's not this show to do that sure stuff, to sure. do the, that perfection, as we say.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think earlier in the season, I you know what I think was the turning point for me was where he weirdly asked her who she sent the yes, illicit mm-hmm. video to, and um, yeah, that was gross. And that was where I started to turn on them getting back together. Mm. And they did actually lead me, I think, pretty naturally to not wanting them to get back together. Mm-hmm. And I think that where they ended up was good you know, Roy, yeah. Roy working on himself, Keely, uh, you know, doing her own thing, you know, being, being a boss and just you know, being independent.
2: I'm, uh, I'm, I have hopes for, uh, Phoebe's teacher.
1: Yeah. She seemed to
2: generally like Roy. uh, I think she she was was,
1: kind of, um, not a very nice person to be honest. Oh, you think so? Really? (laughs) Yeah. She was very like, yeah, she seemed very like, um, I don't know. There was something, something a little off about her interactions with Roy where I'm like, oh, she's, she's a little like, oh, how do I get this guy? You know, instead Uh of, instead of, you know, genuinely forming a connection.
2: Huh? Okay. I don't know. All right. Write in.
1: We won't read it on air, but write in.
2: <laughs> right in on the Discord. Anyway. Yeah. I. I. I'm hopeful for them. I thought they had a, a nice connection, and she seemed very sweet, and so that was okay. my. That's my hope.
1: Agree to disagree, and we will never find out. So. We will
2: never know. Uh. Well. We. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. I guess we should address that too. Um. From. From what I've seen on the media, and there was a AMA with. Uh, oh, I'm. Why am I blanking the name of the actor who plays uh, Coach Beard? Um, Oh, I have no idea.
1: Oh, uh, Coach Beard. Let's just call him Willis.
2: Coach Beard. Where is the actor? Why don't you just tell me the actor? Played by. Brendan Hunt. Ah, okay. So I guess there was a uh, AMA with Brendan Hunt on Reddit um, where... They talk where he talks a little bit about this and just says that they're exhausted. They uh, they need to take a break and decompress. And obviously, we have a writer strike on and a whole bunch of other things going on. So they're not committing one way or another because they I, I think they honestly don't know. They like you right. said they they wanted to tell their tr- they had a story once they got green lit for multiple seasons. They said okay, this is a trilogy. And we're gonna land that plane and and then we're gonna be done with it. We told our story, that's it. Yeah and then we'll we'll who knows what happens in the future. Um so uh yeah, yeah. we we may we may find out someday.
1: I think they just needed to get Jason Sadekis out because he didn't want it anymore. Yeah. And yeah. uh yeah, and that's unfortunate because I think you know he's a super important part of the show. They did move Ted more to the background this season, though, and I mm-hmm. think that the show still worked largely. So well. I would watch a yeah. continuation but i do think that they landed everybody in a pretty good spot where i yeah. don't need any more
2: exactly i don't yeah i neither do
1: i yeah. all
2: right um speaking of ted we see him texting with michelle uh the text has a travel reservation and a gif some people his call son. it a gif uh, <laughs> that's true they do yeah. uh, i always thought it was a weird thing to to call it a gif me too um,
0: but i thought of peanut Higgins. butter
2: yeah Um, Anyway, um, there's a little gif of his son counting down the days until his return. Ted replies with a ditto gif from the movie Ghost, I think. Um, Okay. Coach Beard walks into the office with a shredded passport, and Trent drops off some unfinished copies of his book for Ted and Beard to review. An upset Roy walks in, but declines a Diamond Dog intervention.
1: Can I rant about the title of the book now? Please. It was right there guys. It was on the wall. Believe.
2: Mm, Believe. Yes. That's right. the
1: title of the book.
2: The AFC Richmond story. Mhm. Sure.
1: Yeah, give it what whatever the subtitle? subtitle you the tag, want. Yeah. But the title of the book is Believe and you know it Trunt and you should be embarrassed. <laughs> I did like
2: Beard just uh, immediately going to ter- going to work with the red marker on derivative. It, that <laughs> derivative yeah, that's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a writer, because Brendan Hunt himself is a writer and he's you know one of the co-writers on the show. I thought it was a perfect right. sort of little nod to his uh, to his his role in the show.
1: And I liked calm, cool, collected Trent sort of freaking out about this. how people were feeling about the book because that yeah. is not a side of Trent we've seen before.
2: It's true, especially if you go back to episode one, where he's very cool. Trent Crim, yeah. the independent. Smug
1: and, you yes. know. Yes. Is this Absolutely. a fucking joke? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And when, they go to, when they go to the Indian restaurant together, uh, and was that, maybe episode three or something, it's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: Good episode.
2: So, I'm not sure what the significance of the reply gif uh, that Ted uses. I'm pretty sure that it's Patrick Swayze. And I'm pretty sure it's the movie Ghost, and it just says "ditto," you know, as a as a reply back. So I don't know if anybody's got an insight on that. Um, And where do you get uh, triple? How do you get triple citizenship to the back? Well, Italy
1: is pretty. If it depends on your ancestry, but if you have, I think your your parent was an Italian immigrant, you can get Italian citizenship automatically. Okay, and then if that chain follows down. If your if your parent was you know an mm-hmm. Italian citizen, you can keep going. So that's pretty easy. No idea how he got the Vatican. The Vatican. I don't know how that works <laughs> um, because my family has has some. You know, my my grandfather was an Italian immigrant, and we were uh, we we thought about doing that for a while, and we never did. But um, yeah, but yeah, you can do that. So I've looked into that in real life. <laughs> so what's his second citizenship, though? I think it's Italian and Vatican. I, th- okay, well, I they thought don't that's say. what I got out of it. Yeah. No, okay. True. Yeah. There's no, there, It's not
2: explicit. Yeah. So one other quick, uh, call out, uh, Trent is wearing his T-Rex t-shirt from the first episode of the season. So, um. I think the, the shirts and the books that they're reading are these little fun, uh, call outs that they have yeah. throughout the thing. So, yeah. All right. Keely Higgins and Rebecca are having a PR strategy meeting in Rebecca's office. They try and get Rebecca to spill some tea about Rupert, but Rebecca has moved on. Higgins presents a list of replacement coaches, but Rebecca isn't ready to talk about it yet. And then Higgins brings up the value of the club, and Rebecca considers selling the team.
1: Hmm. Do you think she should have sold? <laughs> uh, I'm glad she didn't.
2: Um, I mean, we'll get to There's more scenes around, around this later. I thought it was a from as a plotting device, I think it's a nice plotting device because it's a logical decision yeah. for her to make. Right, if Ted leaves, then I go, and then she has to confront what is her role within the, the for the club and for the community and and that kind of stuff. And she has to confront the fact that yeah, she could take the ca- the cash and grab. It. I love when Higgins says two billion, and she spits out her tea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a great little moment. Um, but yeah, I mean she could have taken the money and, and gone and nobody would have been able to fault her. That's, that was, that's right. a valid move for her to make. Right. And I think it as a plot device, it sets up the whole thing, selling the 49% and all of that and, and the struggle that she has to go through to figure out what she wants uh, here. I thought that as a device worked really well.
1: Yeah, I, I agree.
2: The last thought on this is that uh, I did uh, ask a question on our Discord and a couple of folks wrote back, Apparently, this is not a thing in the actual professional football league. Maybe there's some others. I think the the folks that were talking about it were talking about the Premier League. Um, there might, I think, Manchester City did this, but then they ended up buying them back. As it was kind of a maybe not a a, a, a real thing as such. But um, this idea of selling the uh, the the team shares to the public, which we get to later. Right. Uh, is is not anywhere in existence currently in any professional um, interesting soccer leagues. So
1: interesting. Yeah, I mean I like the idea. I think it it's more powerful because of the Super League plot earlier in the season.
2: That's that's a good point. That's a
1: good and, point. And uh, yeah, I think that Kinda Rebecca has it. just shown a big turnaround. You know, she really cares. Now, maybe I don't I don't know if she actually cares about football as a sport. But Mm. she cares about the fans and she cares about the team and she cares about sort of the people around football.
2: Yeah. And she discovered her love for it by being it, where originally she just started out, she just wanted to ruin Rupert. She wanted to slowly break his heart. Right. So.
1: I I love how this show started as a riff on the producers and Uh ended up being a completely different (laughs) show by the end of the first season even.
2: Right. All right. Out on the pitch, Ted has Roy call the end of practice, the final practice. The team breaks into a rendition of so long farewell from the sound of music as a way to say goodbye for their final practice. When Ted says it was perfect, the team and all the spectators go absolutely mental.
1: (laughs) What did you think of this? Well, you know, they, they did the bye 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 thing in the in the last season for for Sharon the therapist.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And they never got to perform it because she left without saying goodbye. Oh, that's right. I forgot all about so that. So they I think they were really excited. They were ready to do this. They were ready to do a <laughs> musical number for Ted. And it was great. I loved Danny towards the end yeah, with his yeah. little solo. That was great. Uh I, I do. I love the audio when they do these because mm-hmm. you can hear the different voices pop out a little more as the mm-hmm. camera pans to them. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is very difficult to do, I think. And yeah, th- so great job. I mean, I love hearing Jamie pop out and go like, so long, but like his his actual voice. Yeah, they actually got yeah. him
2: into the, yeah. the studio. It was very clearly sing. Jamie. It yeah, was and great. it was very clearly Danny.
1: Right. So, right. Yeah. I no, did, I mean, I thought it was great.
2: I went and actually watched the YouTube clip of the um, of "So Long, Farewell" uh, uh, from the Sound of Music the other day to see did it compare? Was it a one to one? And it's a really good rendition. It's very modified, okay. Uh, but uh, I would say seventy five percent of the lyrics and movements are are similar. Um, and obviously, it was what five kids or something in the Sound of Music and this is a whole different thing, right, um, but right. they, they really did uh, riff on it properly and, okay. and, and do it very fun. So Good. I, bet, um, I,
1: I like to think they hired a choreographer as the right, team. Right, to do the dancing. Like the team hired somebody mm-hmm. like, hey, help us, help us do this a little better.
2: Right. <laughs> was it, I, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but the boombox that Will was holding up, did it? It looked completely fake to me.
1: Well, I'm you- sure it was, and also the music would not have been as clear as it was if you were using a boombox on a football field. It's uh, I'm I'm willing to excuse it. I did not all kick right. me out of my immersion at all.
2: Well, I guess maybe this is a uh, from the boombox generation. I mm. it it took it broke my verisimilitude completely because it looked it did not look like a proper boombox at all. It looked like okay. something that the craft department, you know, the the, the right. uh, props department put together. It's a nitpick, I know, but it's. For having grown up with boomboxes as our, you know, primary, you know, Walkmans and boomboxes, right? You know, walking around with the big stereo, that was a big stereo—that was a. And
1: you got first. an accurate Walkman in The Last of Us. So what are you going to do now? It's yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: And so I was really—it oh, shook me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, all right.
2: As Trent compliments Keeley on her boots, we hear she's a waterfall from the Stone Roses. We get a nice oneer. That's a camera shot that doesn't cut. Um, so it, it's from one scene, uh, one camera motion uh, from the beginning to the end of this very long scene. The camera picks up Keely and follows her into the office where she delivers going away presents for Ted and Beard. She heads through the locker room to give the, the team words of encouragement about an upcoming PR session. Um, Then the camera picks up Jamie, who sprays himself with some body spray, catches Keely at the end of the hallway to tell her he's got a Nike gig in Brazil, which she agrees to attend. Roy sees this. The camera follows Roy and Jamie back into the locker room where Roy invites Jamie out for a beer. The camera then picks up Nate, who is surprised by this and asks Jamie if uh, he and Roy are now friends. So... And I all the that,
1: meanwhile yeah. they it's were the, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they were friends when he asked. Yes. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's
2: lovely. And then all the while while this shot was going on the Stone Roses song was still, was playing underneath. So Right. Were oh you, are you a Stone Roses fan I at all? I've never
1: heard of this <gasps> in my life.
2: Oh my. Really? But they, they, it would have been so your I'm surprised. Well,
1: I uh, so, I can't I can't help but I can't help but that I was into like emo bands when I was okay. 13.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, the, the funny thing about Stone Roses they're another Manchester band. They were quite uh, uh, the thing during their time, and so there's a lot of music and a lot of calls to Manchester uh, throughout oh, the entire season. So that That's was just fun. one other little thing. But it's a perfect song for Keely, sort of a Keely theme song. Keeley. Keeley.
1: It's it's Jamie and Keeley. You got to say it that way. Uh, did you love the Bags with the fluff. Yes.
2: It's so <laughs> Keely. Was that very was very
1: good. funny. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Um, this whole idea of Jamie and Keely getting back together, I kind of hoped that they would more than Roy. Trent- I kind of okay. hoped that Roy would have, you know, maybe, maybe done this with Jamie, which was kind of gross, asking him to back off. Mm-hmm. And Jamie would have, you know, been the bigger man and said, you know, I'm I'm just not gonna have this argument with you you know this is i think it's keely's choice without having the fight i think if he if jimmy would have kept playing his cards right which he was i think brazil was going to get spicy and i think that they were going to um get back together at some point right and i i think that uh the fight and and the the ultimatum almost yeah was really what killed that for both of them i don't know if any of them (laughs) ever has a shot with her ever again
2: no no it's over uh both sides So, um, the locker room, when Keely walks into the locker room and says, "Oi, you know, you you know, are you guys decent or whatever? That's another callback that's direct from episode one, season one. Um, and then also the body spray when, when Ted and beard walk into the locker room at first, and Ted sort of mm, yeah. smells, you know, is that, is that Axe body spray? And I think Beard says something like they call it something different over here. And then Spot on
1: coach, it. except they call it something different over here.
2: There you go. You got it. So again, really nice, subtle callback. So you, if you miss them, it's fine. You, you're not losing anything. But if you do notice them, right? and I really did had to do, I was studying these scenes, scene by scene and going back. <laughs> Um, it it there's a a really a nice job of some nice symmetry in in the construction season. Nice. All right, so we jump to the crown and anchor where Rebecca and her mum are having a spot of lunch. Rebecca reveals that she's thinking about selling the club, and her mother offers encouragement. May and Deborah share a joke when Rebecca asks for the bill. May says it's been taken care of by Baz, Paul, and Jeremy who wanted to say thank you to Rebecca for all she's done for the club. Paul says she's like the mother they never had.
1: Aww. Aww. That's sweet. Maybe she did become a mother even then.
2: Yeah, it was this... They're definitely playing with the themes, even regardless of the Dutchman or not. Uh, You know, they definitely put their finger on it right there. Yeah. So. um, Annette Badland, who plays May... Um, she's a cornerstone of Brit TV. She's like one of the longest working actors in British TV. And so she's a real fixture uh, for British television shows. So it's very cool that they brought her in for for this. Um, and apparently this pub where they did this, it's called the Prince's head and it's a real pub in Richmond and you can actually go there. Wow. One of those places, you know, I'm sure it'll be like the cheers bar, you know, and other famous locations like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and they even had a Cheers reference later.
2: Oh, did they? Oh, okay. I missed that <laughs> yeah, one.
1: I'll call it out when it happens. Nice.
2: All right. And then Harriet Walter, who um, plays Deborah Welton, she, was, she also plays the mother on yeah. Succession.
1: So. And she's in Silo as well. Is she? Yeah. She is the woman who was Juliet's mentor.
2: Oh, that's wild. The okay. whole
1: time. She just has an American accent, so she threw you off.
2: Yeah, completely. Well, good for her. We got some strong women actors here in this show. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, she's great.
2: Yeah. That's that's great. What do you what do you make of, of uh Rebecca's mom? Um
1: she's so She is out. unhinged and I love it. <laughs> Skateboarding. <laughs> I think that Rebecca has sort of learned to live with her. You know, mm-hmm. just accept her. Keep keep her keep her craziness. As, as sort of something to, to play on instead of something to resent, you know, in conversation, just, you know, joke with her about it. You don't, she knows who she is. She's accepted that she's a little kooky. Yeah. You can just play along with it too.
2: As as long as people aren't, it's not toxic or harmful or whatever, accept them for who they are. Right. Right. Uh, Just let them, that's who she is. And, you know, so she can afford to be that way. Apparently. Uh. (laughs) Yep. And it's a contrast to Rebecca, who's so very well put together and focused and is really become a, becoming a powerful CEO uh, or managing director or whatever her title is. Right. So, all right, back in the office, Ted reads the unfinished draft of Trent's book. Trent is anxious about Ted liking the book, and we see the title for the first time, The Lasso Way.
1: Awful title. That would be a better title than The Richmond Way. Mm. But it's still not a great title.
2: Oh, you don't even like the Richmond way.
1: Oh, I hate the Richmond way. Like I think oh. the lasso way was Ooh. was serviceable. I see. I think the Richmond way is a stupid title, and no one's going to buy your book, Trent.
2: Okay. Well, they certainly got a lineup. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I I I do like believe uh, as as the title. I think that's uh, it was I, that's
1: right a good there, one. guys. Yeah. It was right there. He was even there for the moment where the team put it together. Like it was spoon fed to him. And I honestly think that the writers chickened out because believe has been so central to uh, Ted Lasso. I think they chickened out on naming the book that, but I, you know what? Sometimes things are obvious because they're correct.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just go with it. Right. All right. Later that night at a bar, Jamie savors a beer and Roy tells Jamie that he's proud of him. Jamie thanks Roy for helping him. Roy tells Jamie that he's talking with Keely and doesn't want Jamie to get hurt. They trade barbs and things get serious. So, things go wrong.
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> sure <badly>. <laughs> they sure do. They uh, sure do. Again, I think that I think both people behave poorly here, but I think Roy behaved more, behave more poorly because... I, I really think it that was Jamie a pretense was inviting
2: him out inviting him out was an entire pretense yeah it and, wasn't and, honest
1: and clearly Jamie looks up to Roy he saw a poster in his room right Come on. still and he he's like you're know, like the father figure I've never had and yeah and it's they're like actually bonding and he's like okay now that I buttered you up stay away from my woman it was very gross and like possessive and yeah I didn't like it I don't like this new Roy Kent that they're showing us
2: Well, I I think she had stayed better. Yeah. Uh, Well, and that's what he's struggling with. He's just trying to he's trying to become better. Right.
1: You know, you know, what's my issue with it, though, is I didn't see this toxicity in season one and two. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to change. And I don't know. I think that they're trying to tell me that he was always this way. But I think he had, you know, in season one, he had opportunities to be really toxic with Jamie and with Keely and with a lot of other things. And other than calling Ted Ronald fucking McDonald, he generally, you know, he would be coarse, but he had a lot of heart where it mattered. Mm-hmm. And that was not the Roy Kent that I saw here. This was one that was kind in his words, but really gross in where it mattered. And that's sort of a, an inverse of who he's been the whole time. So I, I didn't love this scene.
2: Well, and it, but it cost him and it cost both of them.
1: Sure, but I'm just saying I don't don't think it was a natural development for his character.
2: hmm, Interesting.
1: It might have been natural from the gross comment about Kili's video earlier, but take out those two things and I see a completely different guy. And I don't like that they're forcing this personality on me when out out of two events rather than letting it be gradual as someone that we've seen the whole series.
2: Hmm. And it's particularly gross that that he's saying, uh, you know, whatever last month or
1: yeah, whatever yeah. the time frame was, and,
2: and then know. and then Jamie saying, well, that video was for me, yeah, very very gross, and and they run right in, uh, eventually run right into a wall and pay the cost, and I think yeah, that they really up, went
1: tits for tat,
2: yeah, <laughs> was that
1: that was intentional <laughs> anyway? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they uh, um and then that sets up for Roy having a diamond dog intervention and actually uh, actually accepting that so. He had to go through this, you know, uh, uh, struggle, you know, and actually confront his grossness and, and actually come around to it. So it, it worked for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that bar that they went to, I couldn't find the name of it, but it was the same bar that Rupert and Nate were at. And I forget. Oh, really? Yeah. And I didn't have time to go back to look at the other episodes. That's I got okay. Too wrapped up in the, is the dog in the bone or something like that? I can't remember
1: they certainly had a dogfight.
2: Yes. <laughs> the, well, and what's funny, so there's two other little things in this. So this is a little bit of a mirror of season one, episode four at the fundraiser where they're both at the bar and they express their distaste for each other. And here they're expressing, you know, in the, in the first part of the conversation, they express their admiration and thanks to each other. So they actually have a moment and then it gets gross so it's a it's an interesting little mirror to to that episode and then also Jamie is wearing fake dog tags okay um two little silver dog tag things and then this sweatshirt that he's wearing has a sort of a pseudo NATO patch on the shoulder so I don't know if they were just you know having fun with costuming, but he was certainly you know b- being a little soldierly or a little bit so you know he has dog tags so you know I don't know if yeah. that's a, a, interesting what, what to make of it, but I did notice it. All right, uh, Ted sits alone in the stands, and Rebecca comes to tell him that she's finally ready to talk with him about his leaving. She tells Ted that she has decided to sell the club. If he goes, she goes. She makes a uh, one more try uh, to offer Ted more money to stay and offers to help set up uh, his son and... Uh, um, Uh, what's his wife's name, or ex-wife's name? Michelle, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, to to have a a nice life there. He declines and then she says that they'll both
1: go. I gotta say, that offer was pretty sweet. (laughs) Very sweet. Guys, he likes his job. This is not asking him to sell his soul for the money. He Mm -hmm. likes his job a lot. Michelle liked England when she visited it. Mm -hmm. Henry loves football. And would honestly probably do better in a football career in England than in the U.S. Yeah. I kind of don't like that she offered this because (laughs) I'm like, Ted, this is this can be your home now. You know, if your family Stupid money.
2: It would have been stupid
1: money. He would have been making like $10 million a year. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's like generational wealth. You have set up your son, who who you ostensibly (laughs) love. You set him up for life. And I don't how know how much of
2: their, their living costs would have been offset by the club. You know, a car, right. a car service provided right. and da 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 Right. Yeah.
1: I, I a, do not understand the <laughs> lot. like. Look, I know he likes barbecue sauce, but I don't know. Barbecue sauce isn't worth ten million dollars to
2: me. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. You know, outside of the the rom commy nature of the show, that was right. crazy to turn to turn
1: on. I, down this I almost feel like if he had gone to Michelle and said, "Hey." Rebecca offered me this she great so say great I've hired movers we're going
2: <laughs> Yeah
1: exactly You know I
2: and I, I, when I, you compare it to the little suburban split level right. whatever number that they were in uh yeah uh when we see at the end of the season so
1: Look I I don't want to diminish Kansas here I'm I'm sure Ted has great memories of home I'm sure he he just wants to feel at home in America again but at the same time, I think he's made himself pretty much at home in England. It seemed, <laughs> yes. He seemed very comfortable there. I, I, other than the whole, like, I'm going to go to this weird thing in, in Amsterdam, this weird American restaurant in Amsterdam, I haven't seen him have any homesickness at all. All I've seen him do is miss his family. Yeah. Sure, if, if Which Michelle and Henry said, we can't move, yes, Ted should go home. But if his family's willing to move with him, Listen, you make a home wherever your family is. That's yeah. how I think. Yeah. And uh I I think it's it's putting this offer out there almost makes it feel absurd. <laughs> <laughs> this it's is an totally absurd, absurd thing to turn down if if they were willing to come. It
2: really is. I mean, it fits the story, but it uh yeah, in in real life it it's crazy to to turn that down. Yeah. Um I do have to say though that the shot was just beautiful with them in the seats with the blue risers, you know, going right up behind them. And the, the, these two very fun, interesting characters and the way that they cut between them and the face acting on Sudeikis. He barely says 20 words in this whole scene and it's all in his face and it's all in his eyes and it's all in his sort of little harumps and, and turns and, uh, and looks Uh, It it was a really lovely, heartfelt scene, and I I really felt the depth of it very much.
1: All right, we're going to take a break. And we're back. David, would you like to lead us through the rest of the episode,
2: sure. A beaten up Roy and Jamie present themselves to Keeley and ask her to choose between them. She kicks them both out, and the pair grabs a kebab.
1: Is <laughs> uh, is Jamie actually going to get to eat one, or is we going to prevent
2: it? <laughs> right. Well, he said he's going to have chicken, so I wasn't quite sure. Uh, you know what what the play was there. I can't believe that a kebab would be uh, off limits for training. I mean, it's the lifeblood of Europe. A kebab.
1: I know, but. I think he's making Jimmy starve himself.
2: Yeah. <laughs> very, very lean diet. But I, I have many, many fond kebab memories. I, I lived in, in Budapest for a time and uh, boy, riding around the summer in, uh, in, at night after you've been out all, all night and going to get a kebab, nothing better. Uh,
1: nice. Very delicious yeah. Thing. Um, uh, New York City halal food comes to mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's all. It's
2: part of. of it's connected cards. to that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. It's a chain. I didn't get um, Keely's T-shirt. It was a couple of pair of strawberries, and it said "obey" underneath it. I didn't under. Oh, I, didn't I don't get know, know any of play. that.
1: Okay. I think she just has weird clothes. Okay.
2: <laughs> I figured there was some message. It's like one of those little pictogrammy things, but I, I couldn't make it out. Uh, I'm I'm not very good with those things. I'm kind of a stupid Neanderthal, as uh, as our Jamie and. Roy. Aren't we all, uh, Roy? All right, Ted, finds. Oh, and by the way, good on you, Keeley, for just calling their bullshit and kicking them both the F out.
1: Yeah. It and just- great comedic timing as well.
2: Yeah. It, oh, perfect. I get to choose. Click. Oh, gosh, thanks. <laughs> good night. I choose good night uh, to the both <laughs> of you. All right, Ted finds Nate staring at the empty space where the believe sign used to be. Nate breaks down crying and apologizes to Ted who reveals that even if Nate ripped up the sign once, Ted ripped it twice. Ted says he still sees the belief sign when he looks up there.
1: This was a very moving scene. Mm. And clearly the whole season's been leading up to it. Yeah. Again, I wish they had spent more time on the redemption arc, but the actual execution of the apology was perfect. This whole thing of... Ted sort of trying to absolve him without doing any of the work. And then Nate saying, no, let me do the work mm-hmm. I'm apologizing to you. Mm-hmm. That was a very good development for Ted's character. That was a great development for Nate's character. Of Nate's not just accepting a leg up now. Ted's going to give people the space to be upset that he maybe didn't give them before because he was too hyper positive. And it really shows how far these characters have come.
2: Mm-hmm. I felt it was a very realistic scene in some regards. Well, in some regards, this show is not realistic, like turning down a $10 million coaching contract. Um, In other ways, it's very realistic, and this felt very real where when somebody is trying to give you that honest apology, we try to minimize it and make it softer and easier for them to do it. So when Ted excuses, well, you ripped it once, but I ripped it twice, so it's it's quite all right. Don't worry about it. And even Nate having to force it, saying, no, I need to say it for myself. You know, I realize that you've forgiven me, but I need to say it. I need to own this. And I need you to hear it. So, And I think that that is something that's interesting, too, about forgiveness. I was thinking about this a little bit. You know, when, when Ted tells Jamie, you know, when you're giving your father forgiveness, you're not doing it for your father. You're doing it for yourself in this case. So we, we, when we're forgiving, we, we give up the right to hold anger or spite against somebody. But an interesting thing happens, I think, which is that we make space then for the other person to um, take responsibility and, and own up to it. Right. Because we're not out there pushing our anger and our retribution out at them which then makes people defensive, and so you get a resistance-persistence situation where if you just take that away, there's nothing for them to push again on anymore, and then they know that you're not going to burn, you know, you're not going to try to seek retribution for them against them so they can actually step into that space. You're kind of giving them grace a little bit, I think.
1: Right. Well, I think Ted has made Nate feel like he had that space by being kind to him every time he's come into contact with him exactly. this season. Exactly. By the way, did you see that uh, Nick who plays uh, Nick who plays Nate, I don't remember his last name. Nick Muhammad, I believe it is. Yeah. He mm-hmm. um, right. posted the first page of Nate's apology letter.
2: Oh, really? On Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome. You um, can
1: read it. Uh, but it's just the first page, but it's it's pretty it's pretty windy. It's pretty long-winded.
2: <laughs> that's uh that's hilarious uh, i haven't done a lot of uh pickup media on this you know a lot of the reddit they've been all over the place there's been quite a lot my instagram is flooded with ted lasso clips and scenes and things like that now yeah. so they're doing a lot more promo on the back side of the season than they did very the strange front side, so
1: yeah i i don't know what that's about maybe they're they're trying to get people to sign up and it now they know that people yeah. do that
2: yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true.
1: Come Maybe back. Maybe get them to binge Ted Lasso, and then while well, they have the subscription, you'll watch Silo and you'll get hooked on Apple TV. I don't know.
2: Right. Uh, it's they, I would not put it past them. Yeah. Um, I well, do have a question. You could watch it on though. your new
1: $3,500 headset that they just announced. <laughs> <Did> you see <laughs> yes, that? That's
2: true on your VR. Yep, insane, insane yeah. Insane, insane pricing. But I think this is, I think it's going to be like the watch. Uh, they, they, yeah. I don't know that Apple rolls these kinds of things out or the iPad. I mean, the iPad is everywhere now. Yeah. Um, you know, they have but my, my, the iPad in was like a thousand
1: dollars, not $3,500. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure that there, this will be like a prestige, a, a premium thing for a while. It'll come down over time. Enough yeah. about Apple products. We're at an Apple Yeah, we're TV not here for,
2: we're not shilling for Apple here. This is not Apple, Apple TV.
1: Here. And, uh, <laughs> we're, we're just doing the content here.
2: I do have a quick question for you though. How much does Trent have to account for, for actually publishing that
1: article? Um, you know, I don't Nate think, I don't think anything. I okay. think he actually, he did, he did more t- than what was expected of him by giving up the source. Okay. Because, okay. you know, if he, if he hadn't done it, somebody else would have, first of all, and mm-hmm. at least Trent.
2: Well, it's not an excuse, but no, uh, but, journalism, but, cutthroat but, journalism.
1: But if I'm not even, I'm not saying that I'm saying, I think Trent might've thought, well, if I do it, I can at least Con- be trying to present it.
2: Right. Right.
1: And he even went beyond the boundaries of his profession and quit his job. It's true. Because he didn't feel
2: good about doing
1: that. Right. Right. And, and I think that maybe, maybe he used this as a reflection moment, an inflection mm. point in his life, and, and decided to try to find some kind of more meaningful thing to report on.
2: Right. I really need to get done with season one rewatch and get into season two, because there's a lot in season two that I've, I don't have a good grasp recall of. So yeah, this whole scene too is a great setup for the return of the sign, right?
1: Right. Exactly.
2: It, It primes the pump. All right. We get a montage of all the side characters entering the stadium for the big final game. The trio of fans lamenting the end of waiting for Richmond to win the premier league. And Ted's family getting ready to watch the game in Kansas with Doctor Feel Good. Um, <laughs> good, good montage. It was fun.
1: Yeah, uh, it was. I loved spotting all the different people from the different storylines coming in. I especially liked Rebecca's ex. Yes, perfect. That was that was really good, and they set him up really well for later being the being the victim of a. Of a Mitt Mc, McAdoo trying, hit.
2: <laughs> do you remember in season one where Ted would play football with a gal every once in a while? Yeah. There's a couple, two, three scenes. And I didn't know if that was her coming into the stadium or if that was her getting an autographed signed copy of um Trent's book.
1: Oh, I don't but know. I, was, I don't remember what she looks like.
2: Yeah, neither do I. And I actually just watched those scenes and I was like, Oh, is that her? And I I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, And then there was an older couple that came in and sat down. Did they were part of them?
1: the, I think it was the rainbow episode. The, the, they did an episode that was basically a parody of, uh, when Harry met Sally. Okay. And other rom-coms. And that was in season two. Okay. And I think they were one of the couples like on a bench. Got like, it. Like they okay. were like one of these picture, picture couples.
2: Got it. Okay. Yeah. There was, yeah, just full of little call, little characters and callbacks. It was, it was quite lovely. Yeah, um, the song that was playing is um, "In Between Days," and that is a uh, it, this is a cover by Ben Folds. Uh, it's I've a cover seen Ben of the,
1: Folds live twice. Love Ben there,
2: Folds. There you go. He, he is. He's quite the quite the guy. And this is a cover of the Cure song, which, uh, if you remember, in the Last of Us, this was one of the songs, one of the big songs with uh, in the mall
1: scene. Yeah. Oh, this was the so, song too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, this is a cover. This is a cover. Right. Right, right.
1: So,
2: yeah. Um, and did you get the Winona Judd reference? I don't know who
1: that is, but I, I do enjoy that Ted puts okay. all the guest tickets under uh, Well, it was Colin, Colin. I think that it's country music celebrities, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Okay.
1: I think it is.
2: Yeah. Zero, zero tie. Not impressed. <laughs> the doctor feel good. Well, that was great little <laughs> scenes of him on his phone and stuff during the game. He was
1: insufferable with this. Look, I... <laughs> I don't. I hope like she kicked him to the curb. Either. You hope what? I hope she kicked him to the curb. I hope so. He was kind of insufferable and an unethical. Piece of anyway. Um, yeah, I, I I don't enjoy sports either. But if my stepson ish person were so excited to see his dad on TV, I sure wouldn't be sitting there mocking it. Right. Being That's just about it. Being a crappy person.
2: Yeah. Hundred percent. Totally agree. All right, back in Ted's office. Uh, he gets confused about how they were promoted from the championship league, and now they're going to the champions league, uh, which is a great little scene. And it's a it's a lovely little uh, yeah. um, uh, little joke. And uh, I, I, I mean, it was
1: I, I was looking at this like two weeks ago because I'm I'm thinking about getting into Premier League football. So
2: I have two. I have to. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe
1: we'll have a Premier League podcast soon. Um, <laughs> we you know, we don't have enough, but. Yeah, so I was looking at this, and I was like, oh, I thought the championship league was lower. Like, I had the same thoughts as Ted. Like, this <laughs> right. doesn't make sense. <laughs> <They> I don't <laughs> understand this.
2: And then they call it out. Money. It's all about the money. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Di- Oh, the Diamond Dogs regroup, this time joined by Roy Kent, who, who, who asks to join. Uh, Roy asks if people can change and get some advice from Higgins. And then Nate finally gets to brag about having a
1: girlfriend. Higgy Stardust always has the best advice.
2: He does. I did love the line Trent House Magazine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was when good. when Trent tries to leave,
2: he's like, "No, not so fast, Trent House Magazine. Get back, get yeah. yourself, back here."
1: And, and they Roy, had a nice little, uh, you know, seeing everybody around the room arranged how they usually were in season yeah. two, and yeah,
2: that was one of my goals for uh, this season was to have Trent join the Diamond Dogs. I'm really glad that, uh, you, did that it. Happened, so. you did it. Happened. You did it.
1: He's, uh, um, what, what kind of dog is he? I, I think we've had this debate before, but what's that dog that has like the long hair? And, uh, God,
2: I'm not a dog breed person at all. Oh, man.
1: We need somebody to write in. Get us, yeah. get us the name of the dog that's always in like dog shows with the long, luscious hair. That that's a, what we like, need.
2: Poodle do star? No, something? it's not a
1: poodle. They've got the curly hair. We need, no. we need long, luscious locks.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. Because Trent's hair is perfect. Um, so Roy, uh, I think when Roy says, you know, can people change? I think that, that he's asking to be a Diamond Dog. Can, can I be a Diamond Dog? Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's a mark of the change, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that he realizes that he's still being, an, uh, you know, a gross person. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: But and, like, again, I did not see any marks of being a gross person in season one and two, and I'm a little frustrated that they added this in it season up. three. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't know.
2: So, um, as Higgins says, human beings are never going to be perfect, Roy. The best we can do is ask for help and accept it when we can. By doing that, we can always strive for improvement and keep moving forward.
1: Pretty good advice. Higgins always has the best advice. I think they, there's a lot of parallels between Jerry from Parks and Rec and Higgins mm-hmm. in this show. Okay. Whereas they end up being comic relief at work, but at home, they have a really wholesome life, mm. and they're very wise, and they're very, you know, just experienced in life and can give you sage wisdom. It's, it's a very similar thing, although I think Higgins is a little better at his job than Jerry was in
2: parking <laughs> around. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Higgins is, uh, started out as uh, Rupert's henchman, and it turns out to be this really lovely and well-rounded person.
1: Who, who has the best say. noise that he does when he's anxious <laughs> ever.
2: <laughs>
1: Sorry. It's a gross sound, but it's totally hilarious. I couldn't do it, so I'm impressed.
2: All right. So any, anything other than uh, the other side of the pillow and, and Trent's hair that's perfection for you?
1: Perfection <laughs> for me? This is a loaded question. It's a way loaded question. Um, I
2: would have loved to have been in the writer's room. And or. when they were writing this scene <laughs> and just throwing out all the things that are per- perfect, because that's what it felt like, yeah. was the writers. You know, it was kind of a for me the farewell scene for the the writers' room.
1: Yeah, so. and or season one,
2: and or season one. Yes, agreed. Let's that move is perfection. on. All right, uh, Rupert and George have an awkward pep talk before the match with Richmond. The commentators note that Rupert is on his last limb with allegations of impropriety but a win may keep him around. Rebecca stays classy, but Sassy gets her back. Rebecca's box gets excited for
1: the game. Whew. I wish you the best, Rupert, because you are the worst. <laughs> Zing! It's like that Sassy. That was great.
2: Yeah, I was so great so, to see Sassy, too.
1: Somebody thought they were going to flash forward on Reddit. I saw somebody commenting, they're going to flash forward to Rupert's funeral with Sassy in a red dress, like she said in <laughs> an earlier season. That would be
2: great. What did you notice that Rupert had a limp?
1: No, I was too focused on his smug expression.
2: Yeah, he was—he was limping around, and I—I I didn't know. We, you know, I don't know if something ma- made it to the cutting room floor, or if that was to show that he's a wounded bird. Where normally he sort of strut, he has a cool strut. Maybe this was like a physical imperfection, saying yeah, that maybe. He's off his game a little bit. And I think maybe. this is the first moment when we see George back as coach. Yeah, um, it is. So that was a really nice setup, just popping it on a slide. If Nate is working with Richmond, then who's running West Ham? And I thought that was a nice setup.
1: Yeah, and I didn't even notice he was missing from the commentators at the Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I guess that's why he he took a job back as a coach.
2: Yeah, oh, that's a good call. I I completely missed that. Yeah, because I just had Thierry Henry and the other guy, and normally George is with him. So for sure. Um Rebecca's um uh, owner's box definitely needs an upgrade though. They need a much better yeah. she needs to sell those shares, <laughs> raise some okay. money to
1: to rehab. I don't, I don't gets, think money is the issue. I think they uh she just has an old
2: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's an old place, yeah. Um and I did love Babs and her love of rugby.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the, <laughs> later with the with the the woo, the finally. face blush, she's like, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's pretty Babs was um, great. She was a fun little side character.
1: Right, right. And, and they even seeded that earlier in the season when she goes, will it be as violent as next time when Keely, yeah. <laughs> as last time when Kili invited her after the West Ham match?
2: Right. All right, in the locker room, the team receives a giant avocado and a note of encouragement from Zaba. Remember, I'm always inside of you. Danny gives Van Damme a new mask, which transforms him into Zorro. Coach Beard shows a montage of the team's memories together which leaves everyone in tears. (laughs) I loved the little final, you know, something from Zava.
1: Yeah. And I loved this callback to season one where Ted couldn't say Zoro. Yes. And they had to keep correcting him. And now he finally says it right. He goes, okay, Zoro. He goes, no, Zoro.
2: Zoro. I I missed that. Yeah. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. The mask is great. I love the mask. Yeah. Um, and Coach Beard overdoing it again with trying to boost team spirit. You know they did it before and it turned into a, a basically a giant fight club on the pitch <laughs> when they showed him the video. Of this the was better worked. though.
1: This was yeah. a better outcome. So, <laughs>
2: um, one thing I did notice in um, season one, Colin and McAdoo are the bullies of
1: Nate. Ah. And they're Jamie's little henchmen. Yeah, yeah. How, so, did, how did Isaac become captain. captain then? I feel like that's oh, not yeah. something that Ted would have done.
2: That's a, that's a whole little mini arc there too, where Ted forced, uh, forced uh, uh, Roy to choose who his successor was going to be. Oh, right. So there's a whole little thing with the, uh, he does a little sleight of hand with the captain's armband and puts it on his head. Uh, Um, right. I just having flashbacks. I haven't seen the episode yet, but it's, uh, those are a couple of things that that come to mind. Um, and what I thought was funny too, about the video, as we were talking about old TV shows and old TV styles Mm -hmm. that they would do a clip show, uh, sometimes in a season where basically they're like, Oh, we can't write anymore. We're exhausted. So we're just going to take a, we're going to do a giant flashback episode. Remember when, and, and, uh, the characters will yeah. Forced pretense, these flashbacks or storytelling. They'll
1: often have multiple in a series.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so this was a great little homage to a clip show kind of thing because we get the, the video. It, it fits perfectly within the story, but it's a great little way to, to bring that element into the show.
1: The best clip show I ever saw was in the office because they fit it into the plot where it made sense. Mm-hmm. The company was being acquired and somebody came in to do due gil- diligence. They were like, were there ever any injuries in the office? Uh, and then they have like a flashback to all the accidents that happened over the season. Like, <laughs> nice. like there would be a lot, of, a lot of stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this actually is pretty funny. And it was supposed to be the HR guy, like remembering everything. And then when he comes back to reality, he goes, no, can't think of anything. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> well played. All right. During the match, West Ham takes an early lead and Man City pulls ahead in their match, getting two points Ahead, during the halftime, Ted thanks the team for the experience of coaching them, leading the team to reconstruct the believe sign from its pieces.
1: Boy, this was a very meaningful scene. Yeah. I loved all the creative ways they hid the pieces amongst the team, you know, in a locker, in the armband, in the shoe, you know, all these different places It really it didn't feel like it was staged. It felt very like everyone had their own reason for putting it where they put it, and everyone kept it because they wanted it, not because they felt obligated.
2: It was so perfect, and it, it caught me completely by surprise. Um, one of the details was Jamie's. Uh, he pulls his out from a book. That's the book that Ted gave him in season one when they handed um. out books to everybody. And that book is *The Beautiful and the Damned* by Fitzgerald, um, and which is a morality tale. Uh, Andy. Um, this is from the Wikipedia article: uh, morality tale, a morality tale, a meditation of love, money, and decadence, and social and a social documentary. Ah, a social documentary. Oh boy, again. I'm moving on. Um, and apparently, the analysis focuses on the characters' disproportionate absorption on their past. A fixation which leads them to consume them in the present. So, a perfect book for Jamie to to have and a really great call back to to episode 1 again or season yeah. 1. Yeah, definitely. So, great look between Nate and Ted over the sign when the Yes.
1: What, yeah, they they finally are like I like Ted's shrug, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like
2: yeah. wow. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Let's see. In the second half of the game, Jamie scores the first goal. Then Isaac takes a penalty shot. Although it looks like Isaac missed, they discover that Isaac hit the ball through the net and into the stands, giving them a point. When West Ham scores again, Ted recognizes that the shot was offsides, keeping the score even. So, uh, this, is, this also goes back to uh, episode one, where Ted's doing the press conference. Yeah, and they ask him if he knows what offsides is. Yeah, and he yeah. doesn't. He he goes, oh, it's it's like the you know the Supreme Court definition of pornography. I know it when I see it, kind of thing. Right, right. So, and then in this one, he's like, cool. He's like, no, nope. dude was offsides.
1: He did know it. He did yeah. know it. Um, I really liked how they did Isaac's redemption because we knew they were going towards it. Right, his, mm-hmm. his yeah. shot redemption, I should say. Right, they, we knew they were going towards it. You know, he's he's shooting his ball at Higgy Smalls at first. Right?
2: Did you notice that Higgins goes, "Oh shit," and, and tries to protect <laughs> oh, his wife?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, I did see that. I did. When
2: see they that. when they're all realizing that he's going to do it, he's like, "Oh god."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny, and uh, and Rupert mocking it. You know, oh, they're giving McAdoo a shot. Yeah, and just the idea of him shooting <laughs> through the net is insane.
2: It's, it's, I, yeah, it's unheard of. I don't think it's probably ever happened in, in real life. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it was great because it, it really fakes you out. And then you go, oh, what really happened there?
2: Yeah. It was good. Um, and the, uh, the, I just love the front four as they call them Colin, Danny, Jamie, and Sam. Um, then they, as they, you know, run down the pitch afterwards, it, it's a very cool little, very quick scene. The ref in the show uh, is a real guy, Mike Dean. Okay. And he made uh, a second appearance in Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, and I tried to find out some more on him. There's a, a bunch of Wikipedia article stuff, but I don't know why necessarily they included him in on this. Uh, and I tried to check on the Discord, but nobody got back to me in time. So um, I, I don't know if there's some interplay there. but Because uh, apparently Mike Dean was also on involved in some of the Video replay, co, um, uh, refereeing stuff okay. in the actual league. So maybe that was it. I'm not sure. So, all right, moving on. Rupert tells George to karate kid Jamie Tart, but George refuses, leading Rupert to push George down. Rupert war- walks off the field while the crowd calls him a wanker.
1: Sweep the leg.
2: <laughs> nice job. Yeah, the, the minute
1: that happened, I was I was just immediately brought back to the Karate Kid. Fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And, and good on George for not playing dirty like that, for ac- actually having some honor. So. Yeah. So, and then we get to see Liam and Noel again, which uh, Rebecca called uh, the other two, uh, uh, jo- uh, George's uh, two little friends.
1: Yeah. I love, put him away, George. <laughs> yeah. It was very funny. But yeah, I mean, uh, think about the utter devastation of Rupert here. Oh my God. He went from being on top of the world with this club and being in a power couple to being called a wanker repeatedly by his favorite team's fans.
2: Yeah. Which is what they called Ted when Ted showed up for his first game with Crystal Palace. Yeah. The the fans were calling him wanker. So.
1: Right. And, and they were even calling him that on Twitter, you know? Right. Yeah.
2: That's right. He says,
1: uh, avoid. Yeah. Don't look up wanker.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He has to ask May what it means. Uh, That's pretty funny. All right. With no ideas left. Uh, Ted calls Nate over and uses his play, the Oscar. Jamie causes a scene which distracts West Ham and leaves Sam open. Sam scores, winning the game for Richmond and leading everyone to celebrate, including Colin and his partner. Ted then performs his signature victory
1: dance. He does. I love that they finally got him to do the victory dance with Mm -hmm. the team. He didn't do it when they got... Uh, promoted last season, or at least we right. didn't see it, right. but he, uh, he saved it for when they would almost win the premier league.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I love the line. Talk to me, geese, which is from top gun. Talk to me goose. Okay. Uh, but you know, it's geese cause it's plural. Right. Uh and they li- they list off the Lasso Special, Loki's Toboggan, and the upside down taxi cab as possible plays.
1: What the heck is Loki's Toboggan? I don't
2: know. Now <laughs> but I remember
1: when know. they started doing
2: all their trick plays, like they were trying to name right. all of these things. So
1: maybe they'll um, bring in Tom Hiddleston to uh <laughs> that'll be funny. To deal with the that would the certainly team. be
2: just a distraction. Um and then this is of course a callback to the first play that Nate offered up as a, you know, you know, proto-coach. Um, and that was having Jamie be the decoy for Sam to run up the side unmarked. Um, right. And when Ted, in practice, Ted tells Jamie, oh, you got to really sell it. Give me the ball, give me the ball. And in this episode, he does it. He he does the whole dance of, you know. Right. Running around crazy, trying to attract everybody's attention. So right. really, really job. nice thing. Yep. Um, and then if you look at the subtitles on this, it says, you know, the uh, the Oscar or the ESPYs, the ESPY Excellence in Sports Performance Yearly. So that was what they called it was the the Oscar play, I guess. Right. So. And of course, Ted gets to say barbecue sauce when, he, when does. he shoots the goal.
1: I love that. I love that he does it right before. He's like, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Apparently, I, I think, I don't know if I saw this on our Discord or on Reddit, but I guess there's a barbecue sauce called Bullseye Okay, which is a big thing, okay in, in Kansas or in the oh. in that region, um, and I guess that that's why barbecue sauce became a thing for him. Maybe, nice. yeah, that's cool. Even if it's just headcanon, it's cool. So Colin finally lived his dream. Huh? Amazing! What a cathartic moment. I mean, that's basically what he said to Trent earlier in the series, early in the season. He says, "You know, all I want is to be able to celebrate like yep. my teammates," and he yep. finally did.
2: Yeah, and they set it up because one of his other teammates gets to kiss, you know, whatever, his wife or his girlfriend or whoever that is. Right. And then we see him standing there alone and sort of looking around, and then the moment happens, and it's great.
1: Right. How cathartic. And I, you know what? I'm kind of glad that they didn't even address it in the media. Agreed. I absolutely agreed. It kind of shows it, it's become – they're going to treat it as normal. At least yeah. the show is telling us that. Right. And – um you know, instead the story is Wanker has to walk off the, the (laughs) the field in disgrace,
2: Right. You know, and what's interesting too, is the, the front four here with um, Colin, a gay man, Danny, uh, you know, from the global South, from, from Mexico, uh, Jamie, uh, a man, a man, a Mancusian, Mancurian, Mancurian, and Sam, a Nigerian player. So that's the, Four people representing this team as their strikers, as their front four. Can I just so, say,
1: there's no way that Mancurian became a thing naturally. You know, know that somebody was like, "It's a thing. Oh, we have to, we have to sound more refined. <laughs> we're not Manchesterian. We're Mancurian." And I just, I just know that there's some Brit out there who has been dead. A thousand years. <laughs> he was just really into this whole Mancurian thing. He tried to make Mancurian happen.
2: Is it Manc- Mancurian or Man- Mancunian? We're going to get in trouble.
1: I don't, I don't care. It's made up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? They're going to
2: send us an email?
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Send me an email. <laughs> You're going to be like, you ugly, ugly boys. Ugly.
2: It's poope. Apparently, poope was something that uh phil dunster who plays jamie tart made up on purpose to try to get brett goldstein who plays roy kent uh to crack up on camera like he was trying to gag him i buy it (laughs) it would have had me busted out that's for sure in a series of headlines we see rupert has been kicked out of the league and rebecca has sold 49 percent of the club to the fans Ted takes an ussy at the airport with an old friend, and Rebecca, in true rom-com fashion, follows Ted to the airport to say
1: goodbye. Yeah, I mean, I loved Rebecca buying a first-class ticket just to, just to say goodbye to somebody <laughs> at the airport. Force of habit, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. She just sold a bunch of the club anyway. She'll be rich forever. That's right. Uh, she can afford a first-class ticket. And Ted's in first class. It seems like.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Good I would for him. hope so. I would hope so. I know, uh, and I certainly do appreciate um, uh, Rebecca being a matriarch rather than a soccer mom.
1: (laughs) Agreed, agreed. That was that was a a good line, line.
2: good zinger. Um, I don't know if you noticed. um, So yeah, there's the newspapers and magazines. Did you see what was below the main
1: ones that they showed us? If you freeze the frame, the Shandy thing.
2: Yeah, so there's Shandy Fine (laughs) with Star Effer. And Zava returns, and it looks like Zava is going to play for the Galaxy in Los Angeles.
1: Okay, And this,
2: the second one he buys, the other one he buys, it's a little cartoony, is Marcus Rashford is on the cover with a couple of uh, uh, fruits and vegetables uh, coming off the, the page. Um, and if you remember, we talked about him before. He was one of the players who got in a dust up around politics and sticking in your lane and just play football. And if you had just, you know, um, paid more attention to football and not politics and he, Marcus Rashford has um, led this really big campaign in the UK about feeding kids and having, you know, quality lunches and schools and all that kind of stuff. So that was, who was on the cover of that other one that presumably he's buying for, uh, his son. Okay. So nice. Yeah. Um, I guess Tommy, the Aussie dude, he's yeah. been in I think like three episodes.
1: I think that's right. Yeah, I think like that's a right.
2: Christmas one in season two, and then the first one, season right. one. Obviously, he's on the there
1: plane. A, he's yeah. yeah. Lot a lot of callbacks. We're we're pretty much in fan service city through the rest of the episode. Big time,
2: big time. I do have one bone to pick here with this with this scene. Okay, um, there are no direct flights to Kansas City from London. Sure. i sorry, there are sure. not not. I looked it up. I went to kayak and I looked it up. There is no okay. nonstop flights.
1: <laughs> I believe that. There's, yeah. Um, yeah. Well. I'm
2: sorry. I maybe had we'll pretend
1: jack. that he transferred if it makes you feel better.
2: <laughs> no, they, they say on the, that's what, that's what oh, triggered right, me is right, you right. hear the you know, okay. nonstop to Kansas. I was like, no
1: way. There's no All way. right. Yeah.
2: Anyway, on the plane, Beard confesses that he can't go because he's in love with Jane. He fakes an appendicitis. To get off after the door has been shut, the flight attendant asks Ted if he'd like to go with him, and when Ted declines, she calls him an asshole.
1: <laughs> you know, there was a Reddit comment that made me crack up because somebody said, someone somewhere believes that Ted Lasso is an asshole and will never be able to be convinced otherwise. <laughs> right. <laughs> this flight attendant will never believe he's not an asshole. That's perfect.
2: I after love that. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was with the rice in the luggage? I didn't get that joke.
1: Uh, I think it was just him being absurd after he's like, I haven't slept in three days. Okay. I was never really planning to leave. <laughs>
2: Got it. Okay. It was just a wait. All right.
1: Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Forget my so. luggage is full of rice. Just the way he says it was so good.
2: <laughs> so we learn his name.
1: Yeah. We knew it Willis. all along, apparently.
2: Yeah. It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. that uh, was That was a perfect way to introduce that.
2: The uh, contender for my sort of laugh out loud moment would have been his scream, <laughs> <laughs> you know, going crazy. Oh, no. And then the scream combined with the fact that it was the wrong side for his yeah. And Coach had it to was tell good. him. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong side, Coach. Side. <laughs> it was great.
1: That was
2: great. All right. Father and Son by Cat Stevens plays over a montage of Ted opening the snow globe from Keeley, Rebecca bumping into the Flying Dutchman and his daughter. Trent getting edits from the coaches, Keely rebuilding her business, Roy becoming the manager of Richmond with Nate and a beard underneath him, Nate celebrating with Jade and his family, Sam joining the Nigerian team, and Jamie visiting his dad in rehab, and the Richmond family having a cookout. This was pure... Woo, and it just Hat. played heartstrings, right? It was...
1: yeah. It now I will talking. claim some internet points.
2: Okay. I called
1: so. the Dutchman the Flying Dutchman. You did. You a did a few episodes again. I
2: think you win a lot of internet
1: without knowing that he was a pilot the whole time. <laughs> I wonder she if that was a SpongeBob poster. reference. Mm, I wonder okay. if it was, because that's like a big that's a big running thing in SpongeBob. I wonder okay. if the showrunners are like the flying Dutchman, that's funny. Or maybe they were just like, hey, it would be a good way to reunite them if she was a pilot. It,
2: it's a perfect rom com ending, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, because this and apparently I, I'm not a big rom com uh, fan, but apparently this entire show, uh, this whole series is just laced with rom com yes. stuff.
1: Yeah. I I place. don't I don't really watch rom coms often, although I I do watch the cheesy like Netflix Hallmarky Christmas movies, uh-huh. which have similar tropes in them. Uh, my wife and I even talked about maybe one day doing a short podcast on the Netflix Christmas movie universe.
2: Oh, nice. I like that.
1: Which is an absurd thing where there are like four Vanessa Hudgens running around. (laughs) And there's like like multiple fake countries in Europe that all interact in this universe. (laughs) And some of them may be Christmas themed countries for some reason. Anyway, there's an absurd number of these kinds of movies out there. And they are awful. And we love to hate watch them.
2: Were you very happy to see The Flying Dutchman?
1: I was. I yeah. was. I think that that was a great ending for her. Again, I never shipped her and Ted. I never no, no. wanted them to be together. I thought she had great chemistry with The Flying Dutchman. She always wanted a daughter. Somebody said on Reddit, too, she's going to have such a great time going into the dollhouse from season one right. with this girl. She's at the perfect right. age to go looking at dolls uh, where she couldn't go with, um, what's her name? S- Sassy's daughter because right. she's just a little too old. Right. You know, that's that's going to be great for Rebecca.
2: Yeah. Uh apparently the little girl was the same actress who played Rebecca as her as Rebecca in Rebecca's ah, Dreams. That's a so, fun. fun little thing. Um and I did love that Trent was rocking a, a Golden Girls t-shirt when he was looking up the <laughs> uh, the, the draft comments. So
1: Nice, yeah, yeah, that's good. We we there's so much fan service in here. It's so dense. Um, Yeah, Roy becoming manager. What's going on with that? That's that. I I mean I I I think I called this a couple episodes ago. Like they're they're leading him towards this. Yeah, they're leading him towards being manager, and I think that it felt very natural. I think Roy, his best strength is he knows his weaknesses. Yeah, and he's willing to say, "I'm not a good strategist." Let's defer to Nate on that.
2: Yep. And Um, that's, and and even says, you know, would you, would you mind Nate coming back? And he's like, no, he's good at the stuff I suck at. Right.
1: Right. And, and that is really the key to being a a good leader is knowing where to ask for help, knowing where to take feedback, knowing where to overrule. And I think Roy's really good at that. And I think he's become really good at that. Whereas I think Beard gets a little caught up in his (laughs) almost, almost prejudices sometimes, not like mm-hmm. not like a bigotry prejudice, but like I've decided that this thing is bad. So it's bad. I think mm-hmm. Beard gets a little stuck in his own head sometimes. Right. And I think Nate, you know, I, I like I said, I don't think he has that really like team building ability, whereas I think Roy kind of has developed that.
2: So one of the uh, quadrants or whatever, uh, one of the, the, the blocks, the steps of the pyramid of success is uh, cooperation. And with all levels of your coworkers, listen if you want to be heard. Be interested in finding the best way, not having your own way. So when Roy being able to go, "Hey, that guy's better at this than I am," then we should defer to him. That's right there. There it is. Right. So right, and which is great. The the comment that Ted has on the on the draft, um, it was it's not about me. It never was.
1: I do like that. That was also clearly a pitch for a a (laughs) spinoff. It's not about me. It never was. Yeah. All right. Next season on Roy Kent.
2: (laughs) Well, and I'm fine if they, um, uh, there was some talk on our discord too about, uh, they could do an Academy show where it's like, you know, youth, um, dealing with, you you know, coming up. I think that's a really good idea. Or if we did a women's league, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't have to have Ted Lasso. It doesn't have to have Jason Sudeikis. Right. Right. as a character on here, but it just has to deal with the same themes and tone, dealing authentically with our problems and supporting each other and finding our way through these complexities of, of life. That's what this show is about to me. So, so rather, you know, J- Jason Sudeikis, makis, right? It's, it's, is the show at, at its heart dealing with the same kind of stuff.
1: Right. Um, All right. I don't care about Nate and Jade, but I do care about Sam joining the Nigerian team. Right. which was beautiful because he said i think in the in the first episode maybe 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 just the first season you know he really wanted to be part of the nigerian team right and it seems like uh the sabotage did not work on yes. on uh on right. keeping him out right. which i don't uh, i don't confusing. know if that was really satisfyingly worked out but I, I guess. Well, maybe Sam.
2: Maybe Sam just eclipses it because he's so good. You yeah, know, maybe and, that uh,
1: goal got it. him in. You know, exactly. that that winning goal there. Um,
2: and uh, Jamie visiting his dad in rehab.
1: Yes. Yeah. I. You know. I. I think. Uh, <laughs> I was like, did he die when they were saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. to him, and then he did show up briefly. Yep. In, in the, the last previous episode. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I'm glad that Jamie sort of reconnected with him. It seems like it. Papa Jamie is starting to work on himself, too, which is great.
2: Yeah. And again, you know, Jamie being able to um, open that space for his father to to actually show up.
1: Yeah. I do enjoy that they were toasting their friend in rehab. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. Anything else on the scene? Not for me.
2: Okay. May distributes shares of Richmond stock before straightening the same picture of of, uh, the one in the final of Cheers. Oh, that's what that was. I didn't get.
1: Yeah. That. So apparently, and I didn't know this. I, I saw this online, but okay. uh, Ted Danson's character, I guess Sam, yeah. uh, straightens straightens that exact picture.
2: Oh, uh, okay. In the finale nice. of
1: Cheers, the Cheers. So they right, had, which is a great
2: rom com. Yeah, yeah. Classic show. So. Yeah. Trent signs copies of his book, The Richmond Way. Keeley pitches Rebecca on a woman's football club. Roy visits Dr. Sharon for therapy. Nate fixes the believe sign with Kintsugi and hangs it up. Beard and Jamie, Jane, sorry, uh, get married at Stonehenge.
1: Beard and Jamie, now that would be a twist. Yeah, that
2: would be weird, yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah, the the Kintsugi thing, I think I mentioned to you off air before yes, this. before we- Apparently, this is a, a Japanese art of repairing broken things with gold to show how the imperfections are what make it beautiful. Nice, which is really a lovely sentiment for the believe sign.
2: Yeah, and and for Nate's crafting because he likes his crafts.
1: He does. I'm so glad he didn't get to present his deranged, um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was, to, to right, Jade.
2: To Jade. So um, I think were, we're all of those shares. I think those were maze
1: shares. Oh, I thought, I, no, I think she was distributing them.
2: Oh, she was like a point of sale kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I think oh, okay. she was
1: like the place you went if you wanted Richmond shares.
2: Got it. Okay. So you show up and your name is on it.
1: Yeah. yeah I think it. that's She's what it was. Okay, which, interesting. let's be honest, that's who's better than carrying having a, a stock them. certificate these days? Did you see? <laughs> I
2: think it's Paul, is his name. Uh, the guy who's, who was picking up, he was wearing white gloves to not, you know, it's <laughs> very that's sweet. funny. I miss yeah. those guys. They were a great, great little
1: trio. Yeah. Uh, they, they were they were a good team.
2: Yeah, and uh, we already talked Geird about and
1: Jane. It was very. Uh, oh yeah, that it, it was, was very brigadoon
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Hey, I loved good. everyone's best. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah,
1: it was
2: it was very bad, green so. screen. It was yeah. very green screen. Yeah, and you can't oh, yeah. actually go into Stonehenge. The, you're, I,
1: I'm sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: You can't go in. Well, go this around. I think
1: had people questioning if it was a dream sequence, like because right. because Ted wakes up after this whole right. montage i don't think it was a dream sequence i know they were flashing forward for some people and then you know sticking with ted in the present
2: in brendan hunt uh, apparently I, I read i read a little bit of his ama on on reddit and he said no it wasn't a dream sequence it was real um and they that's just the way they edited it and ted wasn't there because that had just been weird for him to go home and then come right back and yeah you know yeah and he was saying that you know their beard and ted have willis and ted have that kind of a relationship doesn't matter you could not see each other for five, six, seven, ten 10 years. And when they pick up, you know, when they see each other right. again, they'll just pick up right from where they left off. That's the kind right. of friendship that they have. So um, there was, hey, um, on the book, uh, it says, uh, you know, the, the last or the, the Richmond way. And it says with a short forward by Roy Kent. <laughs> so I was wondering yeah. what the fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just spelled this out book is good. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's see. I think that's it. Who is the couple with the baby at Stonehenge? Was that a season two couple? Because that's where my memory gap is.
1: Yeah, that was the couple that gave Beard the pants in Beard After Dark. Oh, do so you remember? Okay. He, he oh, got the pants right. and then he ran away from them, and she was yes. pregnant.
2: Oh, yeah. I completely so forgot that. Episode. Everyone's
1: great and safe, and that's that's great. right.
2: Because she was trying to. Yeah, they were. she's trying to hook up with him, and dah, 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 dah. right. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, she wasn't trying to hook up with him in the end.
2: Okay. Right.
1: But but the guy thought 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 he was was. yeah then they had the chase and then he beat up Jamie's dad and it was it was a a weird episode
2: yeah I haven't yeah I'll get there I'll get there when I do my my rewatch now that we've got a little breather and can just watch for fun yeah yeah Um, the book that Ted was reading on the airplane how to change your mind what the new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness dying addiction depression and transcendence by Michael Polland. So that's my one where cannon,
1: Yeah. Ted did not bring a book and he grabbed Beard's book after
2: <laughs> he left. Very good. I like that. That's a good Ed Cannon. All right. Uh, Ted returns home to his family. He coaches Henry's soccer game, where Henry's taken the position number nine after his favorite player, Jamie Tart. Ted looks on happily as we roll credits.
1: This was a great. If somebody took a screenshot online. Of the first shot of Ted in the season, looking at the camera Uh and the last shot, the first shot. Well, he's not really looking at the camera in the first shot, but he's almost there. It's, it's a, it's the same framing. It's just Mm -hmm. his full head in the, in the frame and he's just devastated and just depressed and sad. And that's in the season. And now in this, he's just happy. He gives a little chuckle. He's it's great.
2: I actually posted, I took a shot of it uh, before we jumped on the mics and posted it on our discord channel. And he looks directly to camera, breaks the fourth wall, does a little shrug and a laugh, which I think is lovely yeah. because he's it, the way that I interpreted uh, uh, what he was saying to us is thank you. And isn't this a crazy thing yeah. that yeah. happened? You know, this like weird one-off character. Right. That, From an you know, NBC Didn't commercial. mean anything. Yeah. yeah. And then now it's become this whole phenomenon. Um, it it's really lovely. It's a really lovely little scene.
1: It is what a success story.
2: Where is the therapist?
1: Oh, I think he's gone after that. I think she booted behavior him at the football game.
2: Totally, he he shows up at the house. He's that's where he's staying. He's not at a hotel or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, I'm
1: yeah. There. I think uh, Doctor Feelgood would have been coming out to greet him if he was there.
2: Right. Um, the final song in this is "Flight Test" by the Flaming Lips. Um, and interestingly enough, this song the Flaming Lips were sued by the um, studio houses of Cat Stevens because the flight test song sounds like a father and son song. Um, and so they, they oh. tried to ding the Flaming Lips for um, plagiarism. And apparently the, the, the Flaming Lips were like, yeah, we were inspired by the song. And they actually apologized. They said, we're actually really sorry. We didn't mean to have all this kerfuffle. Uh, and they're, they, they signed some sort of deal where uh, royalties from Flight Test, the song Flight Test would, you know, somehow some, some percentage yeah. would get paid to the Cat Stevens uh, studios and all, all of that kind of stuff. But it's an interesting pairing of, uh, of the songs there. Um, yeah. So. Well,
1: that's a better outcome than Bittersweet Symphony. I'll say that yes. at least.
2: All right. Well, that's it. Yeah. We've got some feedback to read. Uh, All right. Rocky Zim wins some internet points uh, for being one of our Discord folks who predicted the final coaching troika of um, Roy, Beard, and uh, Nate. So good job, Rocky Zim. Nice. Um, Our very own Alicia in Amsterdam uh, wrote in via the contact form. She says, I'm realizing at the end of the series that I fell in love with the series, especially for two reasons. One, it's hopeful heart. And in season two, it's realistic look at mental health. Uh, I saw Ted as a surrogate for myself, an American who came to Europe, a fish out of water and built a life, built a home, integrated themselves into a a community. The second part was why it was so hard for me to see him give it um, all back uh, to give it up to go back to the U.S. I was a hundred percent with Rebecca. Why not bring his son here? Sounds like his ex needs a way to get away from a toxic relationship too. <laughs> I didn't uh, support them getting back together, but my heart softened to that when they made me tear up in the final scene. But I guess I'm really more of a coach Beard in the end, uh, <laughs> bricks of meth aside. I'm so glad he stayed. Wouldn't have made sense for him to follow Ted this time. I'd love to see Beard become head coach of the women's team or Roy. In whichever form it comes, I want more of this cast and this story.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I need more of it, but I know I've, I've heard your story, Alicia, and I think that that's right. I think that, that Ted's Journey has largely mirrored your own until now when he decides to go back home. And you heard my complaints earlier on where I said, I don't know if it makes sense for him to take this offer, of reject it, not even bring it up to Michelle and Henry. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, as far as them getting back together, I think that was kind of implied, maybe. I, I think they left it ambiguous, a, yeah. uh,
2: openly ambiguous. Like they, they were definitely hinting at it for sure. Right.
1: They didn't miss his doubt fire it, where they had a little moral lesson at the end about how it's okay to be divorced. Right. Uh, they, yeah, they left it open. But I think, I mean, the fact that he comes right there with his luggage, I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah. And
2: he's yeah. nowhere to be seen. He's not in the picture at all.
1: Right. So, right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was, his behavior was very boorish during the game. She gave him, she shot him a look uh, or two as well
1: yeah she was like she was like shush you know it's yeah it's, you're being obnoxious yeah
2: all right we get a long email from our lore master peter oh he says hey lorehounds, thanks for an entertaining season of coverage our pleasure peter uh we had a good time covering it i wish we could have covered it more i feel kind of sad that we're coming right in on the end of it so yeah um the show, let's see, the style of the show reminded me of a typical Apple product, very slick and elegantly packaged. I thought the holiday episodes from season two typified this. It was as if the episode was written by the Christmas, it just uh, algorithm that ever Christmas.
0: <laughs>
2: it's true. That's a, it's a, it's a funny comment. I think at its core, the show is a morality play about mental health with an overall message of don't be a wanker. But the show went deeper on many issues. I enjoyed the examination of toxic masculinity in Roy and Jamie's storylines, as well as in the Roy, Jamie, and Keeley storyline. It's clear the writers went to great lengths uh, to show that being traditionally masculine and being emotionally intelligent are not mutually exclusive. It's nice to see some proper pushback on the narrative that masculinity is under attack because sometimes men feel things. And it gets shown on TV. Right. Thoughts, real quick, before we carry on. He's got a long email here, so
1: yeah. I mean, the it's not masculinity that's being attacked; it's being an asshole that's being attacked. Mm. <laughs> you know, you can be you could be masculine and have heart. I think Roy especially has shown that until the weirdness this season. And again, that's part of why I was against showing that. But I mean, even I, I don't think any like you know Trent, Ted is still a masculine man even though he you know he he's just positive and he's just supportive and that's great and and he he shows his moments of weakness I I think it's great. I think that you're absolutely right. That's a a great thing to take away from this show.
2: Yeah, for sure. Especially in a in sports, which is an arena of where men work out a lot of their uh, emotion, you know, we don't have an outward show of emotions. So we take it out in the physical realm, right? And and uh and so there's a lot of yeah, that broy and you gotta be tough. And it's really great to see characters who can be uh emotionally intelligent without having to be sort of Neanderthalic, you know, brutes, as as Jamie and and Roy were. Um, Peter OH continues, so many LOL moments. The one that tickled my funny bone was Roy telling Jamie that he could watch him eat a kebab <laughs> when Jamie suggests that they get something to eat. Roy Kent is loosely based on the real-life former professional footballer turned pundit manager Roy Keane, who is from my hometown of Cork, Ireland. Keane, like Kent, was known for being a hard man on the field and more recently as a no bullshit pundit. He is also famously guarded when asked personal questions and is a hundred percent comfortable stonewalling an interviewer who asks him. Something that he doesn't want to talk about, which is makes me think of when uh, he's uh, was it the the international friendly when he was saying this was a pretend match, this is a pretend interview, you're a pretend yeah, journalist. Yeah. that was great. <laughs> so uh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that uh, that uh, the, he was this character was based so closely on
1: a real person. So man, they didn't great. even change the name that much.
2: No, not really. Uh Peter H continues I thought Rebecca selling 49% of the club to the fans was a very nice detail it tracks with their sharp rebuke of the other owners during the posed Super League negotiations from a few episodes back Absolutely it's a really good point Yeah professional sports is so heavily commoditized these days and if you look at who is buying teams it is a cause for concern for every well-intentioned Ryan Reynolds Rob uh McElhenney cons- yeah consortium there are two or three national investment funds from countries with poor human rights records or oligarchs buying clubs for the purpose of sports washing. Fan ownership is perhaps the best way to fight this thievery. The game belongs to the people, not the club owners. Very good point. I like this.
1: Yeah. Thoughts? It's our team. They're mm-hmm. just, we're just borrowing. It's, our, it's their team. We're just borrowing it for a while.
2: That's, yeah, that's true. I, and I think it's, it really does... When they talk about the Champions League and the Premier League and all that, that little funny joke, and then you know they say, "Oh, it's the money," and they're, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. It's the money." Right. I think they're. I think it, you and I both being not Premier League uh, experts, this is definitely. I, I'm, I'm wondering how much it's hitting the pre- Premier League fans. How much? What is the show saying? It's saying ah, money and these ownership things, super leagues. These are all toxic elements in this uh, sport. Right. So, right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think the show, continues, I don't think the show accurately represented the actual amount of money and support staffing it takes to operate a successful EPL club, I guess European Premier League club. Probably uh, English but I was,
1: Premier League.
2: English Premier, there you go. But I was happy to suspend my disbelief because the story was compelling. A typical EPL player earns something like 50,000 pounds, which is, oh, good Lord. 50,000 pounds, which is 60,000 euro, which is $60,000 per week. But if the show highlighted that, we the viewers would likely not have much sympathy for their emotional struggles. Oh, you can kiss your boyfriend in public? boo! You can't kiss your boyfriend in public? Boo-hoo. You'll just have to kiss him on your own private, private tropical island instead. Interesting point.
1: Yeah. um even when like Colin, you know the restaurant it's it's hard to sympathize with yes. you know uh a restaurant being destroyed if you know he has millions and millions of dollars to just rebuild it overnight yeah in
2: 2 weeks he can rebuild it right. so right
1: yeah, and I, and i do think you know i don't want to say like just because somebody's making a lot of money they can't have an emotional uh, interaction and and i do think that what hurt what hurts these people is less The money, less the missed opportunity, it's more, you know, what what happens between them. So removing the money from the equation or at least downplaying it, I think you're right, Peter O.H., that this allows that emotional drama to breathe a little bit.
2: Right. And we do see flashes of wealth, you know, the Bentley that Nate gets from Rupert, Colin driving attempting to drive his orange uh, Lambo. Um, so it's there, but yeah, I agree. Um, all right. The Nate storyline was perhaps condensed, but at least they addressed issues with Nate's own father, not to mention Nate's human heart in conflict with itself.
1: Uh, Hashtag. You, you've sold him. You've sold I, Peter I o. don't H.
2: even have to, I don't have to say it myself. Our fans have uh, picked up on it. We I should don't know. get
1: you a megaphone. You know, say it again and I'll put the megaphone effect on it. <laughs> right now? Right now. Say it.
2: Okay, here we go. Uh, the, the human heart, heart in
1: conflict with itself. Great. We'll get that done in post.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what about a, a t-shirt with a little figure holding a bullhorn with uh, the human heart in conflict with okay. itself? That's a t-shirt. You know? Yeah, that's a merch thing. We got to work on our merch. We gotta, I know. A, after our one-year thing, we got to work on our merch. Right. You know, and mer- it's not about making the money for us. It's about the fun of our community and the fun that we have together as a, as a listening. So. Right. Um. Right. Yeah, you know, if your patron uh, jump in, or you know, uh, on the Discord, if share some ideas. Um. Anyway, uh, see, not to mention the name of human car. So, in the end, Nate needing to forgive himself was his final hurdle. Ted, who knows enough not to hold on to hate, had already forgiven him. Also, I think Nate did ask his girlfriend at least one question about
1: herself. Disagree. <laughs> Disagree, Peter. All right.
2: All right, bring the, bring the receipts, Peter. Bring the receipts. Oh, wait, we need an episode, uh, season, and ep- uh, Well, episode number, and maybe the minute mark when it happens. <laughs> let's, let's put, let's put uh, John uh, in his place on this one here. <laughs> I don't want to put you in your place. I, I don't mean to no, feel it's like fine. that. It's fine. I'm going to call you out. Random thoughts that t- Peter has. Ted's ex-marriage counselor was entertaining as a heel to Ted's son. An ex-wife watching the game, as was their reaction to him. Agreed. We kind of touched on that yeah. before. Richmond finishing in second place was very on brand for the show. What did you think about that?
1: I think that's right. You yeah. know, they uh, they succeeded on their own terms, and they didn't need the trophy to really solidify their victory.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I liked that that Tommy was the one to deliver the news, and um, I think... Yeah, I think it's very on-brand. It's not, it's not everything wrapped up in a bow and happily ever after, right? It's, it's the real, in, in some ways, it's the real world and we don't have these tremendous successes. It's, it was, yeah, it was perfect. It was a, it was a nice way to, to deliver that, I thought. Last but not least, Ted doing his post-game victory dance in the field was a great throwback to episode one and completed the circle very nicely. Anyway, as always, thanks for the coverage. It really enhanced my enjoyment of the season. And the show. I found your occasional lack of basic professional football (laughs) league knowledge quite endearing. Ha ha. But podcasting is life, I suppose. All the best, Peter O.H. Oh, wait, I forgot. There's a comment. I I, I skipped a comment that he had here. Uh, He says, even though the show might be considered an American creation, I thought the humor was classic Britcom in style.
1: Interesting. I know we've been discussing how this was more of an American hit than a British hit. So, yeah, that's interesting to hear. Also, Peter, yes, I probably will never learn the rules of football very much, or or anything about the league. Uh, Maybe I'll recognize offsides when I see it.
2: (laughs) You can only hope. You can only hope. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Again, and Peter, thank you for being a, a Patreon supporter. We really appreciate it. And I don't know. I think of anything that we hope to aim to achieve. Is to enhance people's enjoyment of the show, and I'm glad that our uh, our shot was on goal for you in that regard. Uh, I'll, I'm trying to use some football terminology
1: there. <laughs> we'll keep that into touch. Wait, no, that's Ooh. out of bounds. Yes, oh, into touch. That's that's oh, what you throw in. Uh, oh boy, uh, we're I in trouble. I can't do this. All right, all right, let's move on.
2: <laughs> all right, Ax Diesel on the Discord. Uh, he's got a few comments. Um, he also liked the ambiguity with Ted and Michelle and not sure they should get back together. But if they hinted that Dr. Inappropriate is out of the picture, then it's not completely out of the question. We sort of talked about that a bit. Uh, he also, uh, says that, uh, as, uh, he usually don't root for easy, obvious, romantic, happy endings. I was glad Rebecca found the Dutchman. I am too. I, it was a perfect, they didn't overplay it. It was a moment yeah. Yeah. and it was just lovely. Nice to meet um, cute. Yeah, perfect. And then lastly, uh, mostly because I'm a big Flaming Lips fan, say that three times fast. The last song was perfect. The test begins now. And as we talked about that before, that there's a synergy between those songs. So uh, thank you, Axe. Last piece of feedback, Newly Human. Absolutely love that Nate is back to being a kit man. He has felt the pressure to achieve so much, and I think his father's speech really helped him let go of that stress of constantly being more ambition. He knows the kitmen stuff well and has no pressure there. So I think he might be happy mainly doing that forever, and maybe just offering occasional input to the other coaches, as he is in Roy's words, is great at the shit I suck at. Being overly ambitious is way overhyped in my humble opinion, and there is a lot to be said, for living life on the slow
1: lane. Recognizing your weaknesses is, and, you know, recognizing your strengths too, like playing up what you can do well and playing and 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 also asking for help where necessary is something that really has not been encouraged in our culture, in yeah. American culture, at least. Yeah. And I think that The younger generations now are starting to realize that that's really the way to have better teamwork, to work things out a little better, to be better about, um, you know, you know, being more productive, working smarter, not harder.
2: Yeah, I have to say, you know, having since we moved out of the city uh, post pandemic, that's sort of a silver lining for us. Slower pace of life; we can be home, we can be more uh, involved in our our daughter's life. It's not. Crazy, go go go! You know, and we can just sort of write easy, and it's it's so much more enjoyable to actually enjoy life rather than always be worrying about the pressures of of work and succeeding and overachieving. Hey, man, if you want to, if that's what makes you happy, great. But uh, yeah, I think we can in our country we can dial down that a little bit, right? Enjoy things a little bit more, and maybe that's what we we get with that show with the show. So. All right. Thanks, Newly Human. Thank you to everyone who wrote in and and participated in our Discord server. Again, the link in the show notes, if you want to jump in, if you've got some thoughts um, you want to shout out, uh, please, we welcome you. Um, We are back to true form, John. We are over two hours on this podcast. I know.
1: I know. we should. we said that we're going to do a short form recap of these? (laughs) I think our first episode was like a half hour. We said, great, this will be manageable. This is now the length of like five of these episodes.
2: Exactly. So let's uh, let's rip this uh, outro done. Let's get this done here real quick to shout out to our Patreon sub uh, our lore master Patreon subscribers. Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H Michael G Michelle E David W Brian P Nick W SC Peter O H Bettina W Adam S Nancy M Lavinia T Doof 71 Brian eighty sixty three. Frederick H Sarah L Gareth C Eric F Matthew M Sarah M DJ Miwa and my mom Joyce E. Thank you Very all nice. for subscribing to us. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters. John, as we were having our final wrap-up thoughts here, I got an email. I've got the final uh submissions for the hand-drawn Elvin script that's going to go into our thank you sticker. Ah, uh, so we'll be able very to nice. get a final draft done and published so that folks can see it. Hopefully that'll entice people to subscribe. We're going to send everybody one of those in the mail in July. Everyone who's subscribed at the end of July. And we're hoping to break 100 subscribers. So if you've been there on the fence, join us. Um, I'm not going to take any more time to talk about Patreon benefits or any of that other kind of stuff. I think we should just hit some programming notes and, and wrap this yeah. sucker up.
1: If you're one of the five people who made it to the end here, uh, <laughs> these are these are our uh, notes for the week. We are doing yeah. a couple live watch events this week. Uh, on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be watching a Studio Ghibli movie, which is still TBA, but I think almost almost a <laughs> we're almost we're almost there. Yeah, uh, and so join us there on the Discord server. Link in the show notes. Uh, on Saturday, we're going to have the Phantom Menace playing because we're doing our Star Wars watches this month. So. Join us for our first of our Star Wars Film Fest. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll do some text chat. Uh, you know, we'll be around in the in the Discord. Uh, as far as podcasts, we're loosening things up a little bit this month. Since we don't have a lot of shows that are tied to real-time releases, we're going to be releasing these as we can get them done. And uh, I think first up, we're definitely going to have the MC Universe podcast out sometime this week because I, I know you're recording this tomorrow.
2: Tomorrow John, the across the Spider Verse is next level, man. I've it's heard. It's not just a superhero average film. It is something extraordinary. It's really special. Um, nice. and I'm really excited to talk with Jean and uh, Alicia about it. So nice. we should have that out later this week. I,
1: you I have my crossed. Spider hype up. I think. I think when um, Spider-Man Two on PlayStation Five comes out later this month, the, later this year. Sorry, mm-hmm. I think I got to convince Brandon that we got to cover it on Laura. Oh,
2: that would be fun. Yeah. Very yeah.
1: cool yeah uh and then uh a couple other things this month you know we're gonna have our second breakfast for for patrons uh we have a one piece podcast coming out Uh because i i really wanted to talk about an anime with uh one of my friends moses yeah and we had a great time talking about it we we uh we're doing episodes one through 30 first okay. because there are <laughs> over is? a thousand episodes and we right. can't yeah, just it's an
2: absurd number. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. And then also I'm recording this week. Uh, if you want to send in feedback for this again, lorehounds at the lorehounds.com I'm recording with uh, Marilyn, Mrs. Davis. We're going to be doing a full season uh, breakdown uh, of, of the themes and what we liked, what we didn't like. Nice. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be great. Marilyn's sending me stuff all the time of, of, you know, uh, what, what's going on <laughs> with, with Mrs. Davis. And I think she was just in, enamored Super by happy. it. And I thought it was a great series, too. So definitely check that out. Uh, stay tuned on our feed. You'll see that coming out. We'll try to give everyone a heads up on Twitter when, uh, and, and on Discord when we're releasing stuff. And uh, thanks. We hope to see you on our next show.
2: Thanks, everyone.
1: The Lorehounds Podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.
0: A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away in timeline order from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.